Welcome everyone to our 55th episode of DE Takeover. Without further ado, let's get into our first segment of the show called The Quote of the Week. And uh, this week's quote of the week is Wise men speak because they have something to say, fools speak because they have to say something. Ooh. Wait, whoa, that was that one was nice. Wait, say that one again really quick. I got you. It is wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools speak because they have to say something. Mm, man, they got to get their word out is what you're saying. They just got to say something mm-hmm. always. They gotta, their voice got to be heard or something like that. I like that. Which one. is most likely going to be wrong. They're, they're what they say. I love it. I like that one. That one was fire, man. That one was fire. That was said by Plato, famous what? philosopher. Oh, famous okay. Philosopher, I'm like, Plato. Okay, I was about to say, I'm like, did you just tell me that that was said by, like, the? I was so lost at first, but then when you... You're going to say the planet? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, not... You said... Pla- it sounded like you said Plato, not Pluto. Oh, I did say Plato. Oh, my gosh. I'm losing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plato. But the thing is, I was Plato. like, they can't... I was like, the company said that? Like, what? No. <laughs> Uh, but, I like it though. Um, but keep us yeah, going, man. It's a good one. But before we go into our uh, NBA event, we do have an audio message in the queue from uh, from Biggie. So I'm gonna play it real quick. What's up, Biggie? Congratulations on your 55th episode, gents. I love that expression that you used. My father used to say one that I love: better to not open your mouth and let people think you're stupid. Than to open your mouth and prove that you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That's yeah, great. It's, that's fire. That's, that's fire, that. man. Shout out to you, said, baby, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. He said, he said, man, don't prove that you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> make them that's, wonder if you're stupid. Yeah, you know, make them make them guess it out. Make them figure it out themselves. Oh, oh my sure. god. No, but I love but, it. I love the quotes, man. It's great. Great quotes can uh, they can inspire you, whatever you they take really it. Can. Some people don't like it, some people don't like it, but I love it because it inspires me. But um, definitely, do, ladies and gentlemen, we have a different routine to the show uh, this episode because usually we have something to go over in the NFL column. But since there was no Monday night game, Monday night football, because we got playoffs coming up next week or this week, um, we're gonna go right into the NBA. But before we go into the NBA, uh, we're just going to tell you guys our predictions that we made for the NFL coming up so that you guys have it fresh in your heads. But So on Eric's predictions, he has on Saturday, he has the Bills versus the Patriots, and he has the Bills beating the Patriots 20-14 to with Josh Allen having above 200 total yards. And Patriots defense stacking Josh Allen at least two times. And uh, he has the Cowboys versus 49ers game. And he's got the 49ers coming up with the upset 17-14 to with Samuel, Debo Samuel having above 100 total yards. And Dak Prescott having at least one turnover. I love it, man. I love it. And for Davis' predictions, coming into some um, playoff football, he's at the Bengals versus the Raiders game. He has the Bengals being the Raiders 31-24. to um, He has Joe Burrow with two or more touchdowns, and he has Derek Carr with above 250 passing yards. And then for the Bucks and Eagles game, he has the Bucks coming out on top, beating them 35-21. to He's got Brady with three or more touchdowns, and he's got Jalen Hurts with one at least one turnover or like one or more turnovers but there is the predictions for that ladies and gentlemen so stay tuned on monday because this is going to be a very crucial uh crucial prediction prediction game 
But um, other than that, let's move into our NBA segment, our Mimi at the Rim segment, where we're going to go over our predictions that we had throughout the week in the NBA games. Starting on Monday. What was Monday? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me do my Monday the 10th? January 10th? Right? Uh, uh, I'm still, my computer's slow. I think it was. Yes. Think. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Monday, January 10th. There we go. And Eric, I believe you had a prediction for me on this game. And it oh. was one of my favorite teams and one of my favorite I, players. I definitely do. Wait, what? Are, oh, okay, okay. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought you were talking about Julius Randle really quick. I'm like, what? No, no. Not saying that Julius Randle is not your favorite player, but you know what I mean. You know? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. regardless, let's go ahead and dive into this this prediction for David right here. So David had a prediction on the – oh, wait. I pulled up the wrong thing. What am I doing? What am I doing here? <laughs> Hold up. Technical difficulties. Uh, I, went back, I, went, I went back one episode too far. All right. Now I got it. All right. So David had a prediction on the Knicks versus the Spurs um, and David, you predicted that the Knicks were going to come out with the W, 105 to 101. And the Knicks actually did end up coming out with the W, man. They came out, but it was a score of 111 to 96. Great dominant victory, I could, I, I would say, you know, great dominant victory. Um, so we give you a point for the team. However, we don't give you a point for the score. Now, you also did say that Ra- Julius Randle will get a double-double for you. And um, Julius Randle only had two points. So we can't, we can't give nice. you the double can't give you that. You did have the 12 rebounds, but you only had the two points, so we can't give you that. And then you also said that your boy DeJounte Murray would give you a double-double. And he had 24 points, but he only had four rebounds and five assists, so you don't get a point for that either, my guy. So you come out with actually one out of four. You only come out with one point out of that um prediction right there, man. And the score goes up. Your score goes up to 67, so now the score is officially 67 to 57. How are we feeling about that? All right, Eric. Maybe, maybe you tell me how I feel about that. Going up one point? <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh, gosh. Give me a break. Uh, hey. Julius, bro, what are you, are you shooting blindfolded now? <laughs> you got the new thing? New trend? I don't know. Yo, David's ruthless. David's so... <laughs> <laughs> I tell it like it is. I call a spade a spade. Love it, man. I love it, man. I love it. But um, let's go ahead and dive into this game really quick. Um. We'll start off with the with the San Antonio Spurs stats. Um, leading the team in scoring was DeJounte Murray. Usually something that you honestly don't see much, right? Not saying that he's not a bad scorer, but like he doesn't usually he's not averaging that type of that um type of scoring numbers. But great game for DeJounte. Shot um got twenty four points, four rebounds, five assists, two steals, one block, three turnovers, but not terrible, not terrible. Um he shot eleven for nineteen and he shot one for five from the three from the three point line and he shot um hundred percent from the free throw line. Um, after that, right behind him, we had Lonnie Walker. Um, he had 15 points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal. And then after that, you had um, Jakob Podol with 12 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, two blocks. Um, and after that, you had Primo. What? Hold up. What's, that, <laughs> what's this guy's name? Hold up. I've never heard of him. I'm not going to lie to you. His name is Joshua Primo. Joshua Primo. You know, you know what's crazy? The first thing I thought of was that wrestler. Um, from, from WWE, um, Primo. Is he a rookie? Joshua Primo? Uh, let me get, let me get his stats up right now. He is, in fact, yes, he is a rookie. All right, well, he had 11 points, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Not a bad game. Not a bad game for the rook. But, um, overall, that's pretty much all she wrote for the San Antonio Spurs. But let's go into the winning team, the New York Knicks. And the story of this game, man, R.J. Barrett. Bro. Yes, sir. 
leading the team in scoring with 31 points, three rebounds, and four assists, one block, and only one turnover. Great turnover ratio, honestly. Shot 12 for 20, um, three for four from the three-point line, and four for five from the free throw. Great game for RJ. And after that, um, you had some you had you had you had to support that night as well. You had Evan Fournier with 18 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. You had Alec Burks with 16 points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals. You had Mitchell Robinson, 13 points, 11 rebounds, one steal, four blocks. The defense is crazy. Oh, my gosh, man. And then after that, um, off the bench, Emmanuel quickly, 12, 12 points, four rebounds, six assists, and um, one block as well. But, um, David, before you go into this game, man, I got to ask you. Um, I got to ask you, man. Is RJ, fi- is RJ, has RJ finally found his stride, or is it too early to call? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a little bit too early to call. But what I really want to say is the New York Knicks fans are like, hell yeah, he found his, he's found his form. Uh-huh. If, you look at, if you look at the last two games he had, counting Dallas's game that he played yesterday, he had 30-plus point games in both of those games. So I think he's starting to wake up. In the last five games, he had 32 points against Indiana. Boston, he had 13 points. Uh, and then against Boston, again, he had 19 points. But then against Spurs, he had 31. And then against Dallas, he had 32. So that's my one of my reasons why we still have to watch because then again he is a little inconsistent throughout his career. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just on a hot run and maybe he will cool off a little bit, but hopefully not because he's been doing he's been very very well shooting the ball. Like his three point percentage, he shot seventy five percent from from three in this game. It's like this guy he's putting up pretty really good numbers and it's nice to see him finally find his his range his shooting form, which is very nice to see someone taking charge, not always giving it to Julius Randle, because guess what? If RJ Barrett puts up his normal numbers, like he normally does, like say like 15 points, the Knicks are most likely going to lose this game. It's because Julius Randle shot 14% from the field. And that's the one guy they rely on for their shooting. The main guy is Julius Randle. Usually when Julius Randle has a bad game, there's literally basically no help around him to like, um, to help him get the W, but this time they had R.J. Barrett step up with 31 points, and Julius Randle shot bad. They also had Alec Burt shoot 50% from the field, Evan Fournier shot 41, uh, Emmanuel Quigley shot 41, like, the rookie uh, Grimes shot 43%. Like, these guys are stepping up. They're finally getting up to the plate. They're, they're not, they're getting up to the home plate right now, and they're finally swinging. They're not, they're not looking, they're not looking. They're, they're finally swinging it, and they're getting some contact, and um, they're winning some games. That's the most important thing, but R.J., I need to see you do this the way you play tomorrow. I need to see you do this again tomorrow. If you have like a twenty-five plus point game, I know you're on. You're you're, you're doing something good. RJ just oh man, I agree. I definitely agree. But um, other than that, what overall was? Is there anything else you want to say about this game? Because I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. That I all I want to talk about was RJ realistically. Yeah, real quick. I mean, if you look at the main re- reason why the New York Knicks won this game is because. Obviously, the, the Spurs had four people in double figures, and the Knicks had six. So it's all-around team effort that we're used to seeing in New York. But um, also, it was their shooting. The Knicks shot 49% from the field and 41% from three. When the Spurs shot 41% from the field and 28% from three. Anytime you have those low numbers, especially from the three-point end, you're most likely going to lose the game. And that's what happened with the Spurs. But I will say this. The Spurs were without Derek White. And that is a huge contribution to this team. So I do think if he was in this, it would be a much closer game. But um, I'm happy with the Knicks. Their intensity was there. They had the energy, and that's all they had. And um, they got the W. 
Love it, man. Definitely. Um, I would say as well that that Knicks defense. We already know about that Knicks defense, man. They they have great defense over there. So um, yeah, man. Great job. That's all I really got to say on it. Great job. Pretty much. Great job. Yeah, get them back on track. Yeah, man. But, but um, um, go ahead. With that, without further ado, let's move on to Tuesday, January eleventh. And um, ladies and gentlemen, Eric predicted on a very good game, uh, a very crucial game in the Western Conference, and it, it was the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Golden State Warriors. And Eric said that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to beat the Warriors one twelve to one hundred nine. And Eric, Love they it. did beat Love. them one sixteen to one hundred eight. So uh, it gets you a point for the team, not the score. You did say that Clay Thompson was going to have twenty plus points, and Clay Thompson only gave you fourteen points. So I cannot give you a point for that. But you did say that John Moran was going to have twenty plus points or five plus rebounds, and Ja, he had twenty nine points, and he just got you there with five rebounds. So you, you safe, safe with that. So you get two out of four on that, which brings your total up to fifty nine. Is currently sixty seven to fifty nine. You, oh, me, 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 me. I'm sorry. We love it, man. Well, no, you can say you because eventually it's gonna, you're gonna you have to get used to that, you know? Because I'm gonna come no, back. no, I, I will never get used to it because it won't happen. No. no, it's gonna happen, man. Oh, it's already off to a great start. This ooh, sixty-seven to fifty-nine. Hey, you feeling that pressure, bro? Feeling that pressure? Really. No. Nope, what? Oh no, yeah. This guy. <laughs> All right, but um, let's go ahead and go into go ahead and go into the game. Yeah, uh, uh, and let's go into the Golden State Warriors side where we had Stephen Curry. Have the leading scorer, of course. He had 27 points. A triple-double, man. A triple-double for Stephen Curry. You don't see that very often. But he had 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals, and only 3 turnovers. Great game for him. But his shooting percentage is where it was a little faulty. Um, He shot 38% from the field and 22% from 3. Ouch. That is not good. But overall, other than that shooting, uh, he shot played really, 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 really well. But um, now we move on to the second highest score. It was, in fact, his splash bro. Clay Thompson with 14 points, three rebounds, three assists, three turnovers, and one block. Uh, and then we move on to uh, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins had 13 points, four rebounds, two, two assists, and four turnovers. Not really a solid game for these guys. And especially Jordan Poole, he only had 12 points, shot 27% from the field. And you guys can see where they're faulting in the numbers, the shooting percentage. They were shooting atrocious in this game. And, um, well, not, not, not really the whole team, but... The key players like Curry, Jordan Poole, uh, Clay Thompson, they were just not shooting well, which is a key part. But um, other than that, Gary Payton also had 13 points coming off the bench. But let's move on to the Memphis Grizzlies side, an impressive Memphis Grizzlies side, where um, the leading scorer was, in fact, no other than Ja Moran. Ja Moran had 29 points, five rebounds, eight assists, two blocks, and two turnovers. Shot 48% from the field, 25% from three. And he just had an impressive... Just doing John Moran things at this point. But now we move on to the second highest score is tied with Tyrus Jones with 17 points and Zaire Williams with 17 points. And then we have Jaron Jackson Jr. with 13 points, 11 rebounds, three steals, three blocks, two turnovers. Jeez. Gosh. Talk about rim protection. Oh, my gosh. He had it in this game. But um, then we had Brandon Clark with 14 points, nine rebounds, one assist, one steal, two blocks, no turnovers. And then Desmond Bain with 11 points. Three rebounds, four assists, and three turnovers. But Eric, 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 I gotta ask you this question, man. And um, it's regarding uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, how well they've been doing in the in, uh, in the Western Conference, especially in the NBA. But um, are you totally sold on the Memphis Grizzlies? Because I know that they were your fraudulent pick. But are they starting to 
change your mind because they are currently third in the Western Conference with I think the third best record in the NBA. So they they they're doing some they're doing some damage. They're doing some damage, yes. And I have so much respect for this team. Um, so much respect, found, so much more founded respect for John Morant as well. Um, I will say this much though. I'm still. Uh, it's. It sucks because I had to pick them as my fraudulent pick because I look at all the other teams around. Because when you pick a fraudulent pick, usually you gotta go like high seeded, but like they're not gonna end up doing as well as they should be. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for me, the only the best the, the 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 team that I had to go with out of all of them is Memphis Grizzlies without a doubt, right? But in this case, I'm still gonna stick with them as my fraudulent pick, man. I can't switch it up, and also. I can most definitely see the Grizzlies losing a playoff series. I most definitely can. You know, granted, they are a good team, but when you look at this, it's a very young team as well. Very young team. You know, no no real playoff experience, not or not um not much playoff experience. So we'll see what happens. But I'm gonna stick with them as my project of the team. But I'm st- I'm pretty con- like sold on the fact that they're a great team and they're gonna they're definitely gonna be a high seeded playoff team. Definitely. I'm looking at this Memphis Grizzlies team, and I might be a little crazy, maybe not, but um, in their last ten games, they they're on a ten game winning streak. Let's just say that they're ten and zero in their last ten games. They're just doing absolutely insane in in, in the NBA. But um, their record is currently twenty nine and fourteen, so they are doing like I said, insane numbers. But I don't know, call me crazy, but I think the Memphis Grizzlies they can go far this season in the in the playoffs. I don't know why. I have a feeling like they're proving something this year. Like you have John Morant. Like leading them in scoring, with, I think twenty five points. Uh, leading the team in scoring twenty five points, averaging. And you have guys like Jaron Jackson, who hasn't been the compliment, uh, compliment, uh, the compliment player to John Morant yet, but he's proven that he can be a tenacious rim protector and he can be a great blocker at the rim and he can put some points up sometimes. He's a little inconsistent in the scoring, but he's proven his worth. And you got Dylan Brooks, who's been out for two to three weeks already with the, I think an ankle sprain or a knee sprain. And you got guys like Brandon Clark. You got Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton. Like these guys aren't no scrubs. These guys are compliment. These are compliment players to John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. And also you got the center Stephen Adams, who's a great veteran, even though he's only 28 years old. He's one of the oldest players on this team. So um, I'm sure they're young. Sure they're really young. But this team is making a lot of noise. And I forgot the guy Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's been producing numbers this season. So Desmond they work crazy. well together. They have one star who is John Morant, and they have everyone else that compliments John Morant and this Memphis Grizzlies team. And they bring intensity. They bring all the right, all the right things you need for an NBA team to succeed. And I think that even though they're young, they can still make it far in the playoffs. Um, I, I see. The thing is, I, I don't. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm. I. I think I'm gonna disagree. To be honest, and like respect, like respectfully disagree. You know what I mean? Like I. I oh, like okay. your point. No, but like, what's it called? I do like your point, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't like if if it happened. I don't think I'd be shocked, you know. But I think it would also we would also be witnessing greatness, you know. And in in that fact, I would think we'd be witnessing like John Moran's greatness at that point. Because when you really look at it, the Utah Jazz are kind of in like a shambles right now. Like we don't really know what's going on. Donovan Mitchell has mentioned that he kind of wants to go to a, a different, a bigger market team. So like. We don't really know what's going on with the Utah Jazz right now. And they, they've been playing bad recently. They need Rudy Gobert. It's clear, right? So that's that, right? But realistically, in this game, they beat the Warriors 116 to 108. 
You've seen clearly, even though Steph dropped, dropped, dropped the triple double, he didn't shoot well, right? Clay Thompson didn't shoot well. Jordan Poole doesn't is not giving the numbers that he usually gives. Andrew Wiggins does not have a good game. Plus, they were missing Draymond. Okay? Then you also have to factor in that James Wiseman is still yet to come back. Okay? It's like, I'm not taking the w, a, the w away from Memphis Grizzlies. I think it's actually a really good dub because of the fact that I think they should have won this game on paper, and they did. You know, they took care of business. And the fact that they were able to take care of business against a good Golden State Warriors team shows that they're the real deal. Shows that they're the real deal, right? But if we look at a grand scheme of things, right, as if the season was to end today, they would end up going against the Denver Nuggets. Now, technically speaking, by the end of the by the end of the season, the Denver Nuggets are hoping to have. A, I know for a fact that Jamal Murray should be back by then, right? But I, they're hoping mm-hmm. to see if they can get Michael Porter Jr. back as well. If they get both of those players back, the Denver Nuggets are beating the Grizzlies in the first round. I, I'm comfortable saying that. And if John Morant gets past the Denver Nuggets team, we better watch out because they're going for the title at that point. Because that Denver Nuggets team is no joke. But and they have playoff experience; they've been there before. There's a there's a difference in that in that sense. But overall, anything can realistically happen. John Morant is writing his story, in my opinion. That's what we're looking at right now. Granted, you have Jaron Jackson, you have Stephen Adams, you have Desmond Bain, who's been playing great this season, right? But it's realistically all about John Morant. John Morant is writing his story. John Morant is showing us his greatness. And this season's going to be telling. You know, every, like, we're going to see, like, really realistically, like, how great is this guy? And, you know, I don't like really saying that because I feel like that puts a lot of pressure on players. You know what I mean? And realistically, if he was to go out first round, I don't think, like, I don't think it'd be a problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think like so much more left in the career. He can still, he still could, like, be a Hall of Famer, you know what I mean? Still be one of the greatest of all time. I don't think it's a problem at all. But my thing is, if he does go through, that's the real thing. If John Morant does, he has more, he has less to lose. He has nothing to lose because he has so much time, right? But if John Morant gets his Grizzlies team, this small market Grizzlies team, through the next round, oh my gosh, bro. We're talking about a great, a, like greatness, greatness, you know? So it's exciting. But I'm just still stick stick as fraudulent. I'm still stick as fraudulent, man. All right, man. But I'm just I'm all I'm saying is that this team's looking nice on defense as well because they are currently number nine in the in NBA on defensive rating, which is their rating is one hundred eight point one, where the Golden State Warriors have the best defensive rating, where theirs is a one hundred two point one. So they're Memphis is ninth out of thirty two teams. So out of thirty teams, so they're uh, nothing to mess Wrong. with. They definitely they definitely have the right. They had the right answers to the test. Now it's just applying them when the pressure really gets to it. I I, I love I love it, man. Can you also I want to look up what's their offensive what's their offensive rating? I know like that's not like a big thing, but like I feel like their offense is definitely like yeah, not, their offense has to be top there. It has to be. Oh, it's third in the league. Or am I, am I? It's third in the league, right? Uh, let me check. Let me check. Let me check. No, nope. uh, I believe so. Wow! If they see this Memphis Grizzlies team is is it, bro? This Memphis Grizzlies team is crazy. But either way, man, yeah, that's John Morant, man. You got a lot to prove this year. I would say a lot to really, to really touch on your legacy. I love to see him. He man. got it. He's got it. Got it. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, we'll actually, that. on 
on here it says the offensive rating is they're sixth in the NBA. Oh, okay. All right. But well, numbers do change, so I don't know if this is updated or not. It realistically also also it it could literally change tonight. You know what I mean? Like someone could go off yeah. with the list. So that that that's all good. That's all good. But um without for, you have anything else you want to say in that game? That's basically it, man. All right, man. Well, that big take from that game, I would say, is John Morant. You know, John Morant is is really that Proofing guy. His worth. Yeah, he's really he's proven he's proven more and more every single game, man. He's got something to prove every single game. But without further ado, man, um, let's go ahead and go into your game. Um, you had a game on uh, I believe Wednesday. Yes, it was on. It was on. Was it on Wednesday? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Okay. All right. And that game, oh, I can I cannot wait to talk about this. David had a prediction on the Bulls versus Nets game. You know, I'm not really excited about his prediction cuz he's probably going to get a high score most likely, but let's I'm excited to talk about the game at least. But um overall, David, you said that the Nets were going to win 116 to 109 and David, the Nets didn't just win. They won 138 to 112. Jesus. Huh? In, bro, confident went over the Bulls. Something that we needed as Nets fans, honestly. But um, you get a point for the team. However, you don't get a point for the score. Um, you did say that Kevin Durant would have thirty plus points, and ah, oh, Katie only had twenty seven. David, oh my How god! How come I'm having deja vu? How come I feel like this <laughs> happened to me before? Huh. Uh, he only had twenty seven, so he can't give you a point for that. And then you said DeMar DeRozan would have twenty five plus points and five plus rebounds, and ah, DeMar had twenty. He had 19 points and four rebounds. Wow. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that great? Uh, you only caught one point. I think I jinxed it a little bit. Oh, no. Well, David, all I can say is that your score proves the 68. And I can confirm already. I have one more game, I have one more game, ladies and gentlemen. But I can already confirm that we are most definitely, most definitely in single digits after this episode, which is beautiful. Because we started off. We started off a little bit shaky. I'm not gonna lie, but we're de- we're getting closer and closer, David. How you feeling? Uh oh, do you feel the pressure, David? No, not, not at all, man. Like I said, I'm I'm MJ in Game Six. I really don't feel no pressure. Um, mm. that's it, man. I'm calm, okay. cool, collective. I'm like I'm like I have ice in my veins right now. So like literally, I have ice in my veins. To cool me down. Okay. No, like I'm... like literally, like literally. Oh, it's like like the ice is literally in your veins. Like yeah, it's like it's dripping a little bit, but. I I think you should go check that out, to be honest with you. That's a little concerning. Check that. <laughs> little concerning. I don't know if there should be ice dripping out of your veins. <laughs> no, I put an ice cube on my veins. Oh, you know you know what I heard? See, if you, you should do is, you should, like, rub. I think, I think people say that if you rub, like, on your bicep, right, you rub, like, a, like a bunch of ice, and then, like, you put, like, salt on it or something, or you put salt first, and then you rub a bunch of ice, it makes your bicep bigger. Really? Wow! <laughs> I thought I thought I thought going to the gym and lifting heavy weights was gonna do that. <laughs> Wait! Oh, don't actually do that. Don't actually do that. You get you get hurt. You get he's hurt. In, he, he's in, he's telling us to do it, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, don't do that, please. Because I I've seen <laughs> it before, but like apparently like, it burns like insanely. But yeah, but don't do that. I was just joking. But we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna try it out. Oh, if you want to see a YouTube punch me like that, no, I'm kidding. Oh my <laughs> um let's go into this game really quick though. Let's let's dive into this game. Um we got we got um we'll start off we'll start with the Nets. We'll start with the Nets. And we got Kevin Durant, ladies and gentlemen. We got Kevin Durant um leading this team in scoring with twenty-five points, 
nine assists, two rebounds, two steals, and one turnover. He shot 70% from the field. And when he only, he only shot 10 shots as well. Impressive from Kevin Durant overall, man. Um, and he also shot three for four from the three-point line um, and 10 for 11 from the free throw. Great game for Kevin Durant. And after that, you had James Harden, man. 25 points, 16 assists, seven rebounds, one steal, one block, and only two turnovers. Beautiful game from James Harden. He shot six for 13 from the field, five for eight from the three-point line, 100% from the free throw. Great game for James Harden overall. Um, in my opinion, honestly, the player of the overall from the Nets. But um, after that, ooh, you might think you might think Kyrie Irving had actually had a slow night, but overall, we go up to we go up to Patty Mills coming off the bench with, with 21 points, another person shooting 70%. Oh my goodness, three rebounds, one assist, and only one turnover. Great game from Patty Mills. And then you got Dayron Sharp, the rookie. Dayron Sharp comes in 20 points, seven. One block, only two turnovers. He shot 10 for 14. Oh, my gosh. That's so – you have no idea. As as Nets fans, man, me and David, that's be- that's music to our ears. That's amazing, man. But, um, well, David, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get into it after. I'm just going to go into the Bulls stats really quick. Um, And we'll start off with – we'll start off with Zach Levine. Lean the team in scoring, man. He had 22 points, um, six, six assists, one rebound, one steal, one block, five turnovers, though. A lot of turnovers for Zach Levine. Um, he shot eight for thirteen, two for four from the three-point line, um, hundred percent, hundred percent from the free throw. And after that, you had um, Demar Derozan, who had a, um, somewhat of a slow night. He had nineteen points, four rebounds, one assist, one steal, two turnovers. Um, and then after that, you had um, off the bench, you had Kobe White, sixteen points, two rebounds, two steals, one turnover. And then after that, you had Nikola Vucevic, fourteen points, five rebounds, three assists, one block, one turnover. But that's pretty much all she wrote for the Chicago Bulls. But David. How are we feeling about this game? Just go. There's so much to go into, so I'm just going to – the floor is yours, bro. Just cover whatever you want right now. All right. And all I'm going to say is Brooklyn, about time, man. Oh, my God. I don't know how long I've been waiting for them to actually shoot above 50% from the field. They shot 56% above the uh, – 56% from the field in this game as a team. And they shot 53% from three as a That's- team, which is even – even greater because they've been shooting very, very poorly from three-pointer as of recently. But, man, where do, we, where do I even start, man? Kevin Durant doing Kevin Durant things, 27.9 assists, two steals, only one turnover, and only shooting 10 shots. He's just insane, man. I'm telling you, he's going to be MVP this season. But also, I got to give credit to James Harden, man. I've been a little harsh on James, you know. I mean, rightfully so. He's been shooting like 25% and shooting with, the, with his eyes closed, apparently. <laughs> but this game... Not so much. He shot 46% from the field and 63% from three. And he had 16 assists on 25 points and one steal, one block, only two turnovers. That's what I love, James. That's what I want to see. The turnover to assist ratio. He had 16 assists and only two turnovers. That's what you got to do. Don't turn over the ball like you did against the, the, the Bucks, and you're looking for fouls. Don't do that. The fouls will come when you play aggressive ball and you don't look for the fouls because I don't like to see it flopping. And he does that a lot. But this game, man, James, you are the game, the man of the match if we had one. And, like, I know soccer, they had man of the matches. But if we had a, a man of the match in this game, uh, James, it goes to James Harden because he had an impressive, impressive night. This is what we need from James Harden. This is what we have to see from James Harden. And uh, very shocking because Kyrie Irving only had nine points. And you're like, what, they scored 130, 38 points, and Kyrie uh, Irving only scored nine points. How did that even happen? It's because of a guy named Dayron Sharp, man. Oh, my gosh. These rookies. What are they feeding these rookies, man? 
This guy is 6'9", 265 pounds. Oh my gosh. 6'9"? <laughs> 6'9", 265 pounds. This guy is a this guy's a beast. This guy's a monster, ladies and gentlemen. 20 points, shot 71% from the field, 7 rebounds, 1 block, only 2 turnovers. He did foul out of the game, so he didn't even play the whole game. So imagine what he would have produced. But also, this is one of those games in Brooklyn where everything is going right. Everything is going right, and you just have to sit back and watch their offense go on a tear. The only thing that didn't go right was Kyrie Irving scoring some points. He only went four from four for ten from the field and only had nine points. Imagine if Kyrie dropped another twenty; they'd be like almost close to the one fifties. That'd be insane. But man, great game from the Brooklyn Nets. It just goes to show what this Brooklyn Nets offense or their and their this team could do when everyone is on is on stride. Everyone's on click. Everyone can shoot the ball, lights out. Everyone's doing the things they have to do on defense. Like, this is what this Brooklyn Nets team is. This is why they are looked at as contenders because they can do stuff like this. Now, the only problem is, can we do it consistently? Can we do it consistently? That's the only problem. Now, we, you don't do it one day. You don't do it one game out of ten games. You got to do it one game, two games, three games back-to-back, four games back-to-back. You got to do this day in, day out. And get W's like this. Spence against a, a number one seed in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Chicago Bulls. So, other than that, Chicago, it was a, it was a shocking loss for you guys. I really thought it was gonna be a lot closer, and I thought you guys were gonna win because just the way Brooklyn's been playing recently. But it sucks to suck, I guess. But I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. I'm still kidding, Chicago. I'm kidding, but no. But also, you guys didn't have Alex Caruso, which is a big defender too. So that would have been a little bit. Score wouldn't have been as high, but um, also Lonzo Ball wasn't on. He only had nine points. Zach Levine had five turnovers, like we said. DeMar Rosen, he started off the game hot, but then he's cooled down a lot. Nikola Vucevic only had 14 points, so that has to do a lot with it. But just our offense was way too powerful, and our defense was holding up nice. Um, What's it called? I completely agree with you, man. This is literally what we need. Um, And honestly, the only thing I have to say – I just hope Nash has, Nash has come to his senses. That's all I say. Like, can we can we please start? Let's put out the right starting lineups. You know what I mean. And um, also, really quick, I don't even have this my big deal, big deal. So I'll talk about it now since we're on the Nets. What's it called? Um, well, actually, hold up, because I'm about to go into something, and there's the audio messages. So let's let uh, can we play the audio message first, David, and then I can go. Into yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah, go ahead. All right, this one is from Mr. Motivations. What's up, man? And here is your audio message. What's up, bro? Yo, Eric Hines, D-Rod 09. It's your boy, Mr. Motivation in the building. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? Happy Thursday. Yo, it's like right on cue, on dot. My mother calls every Thursday at 7 o'clock. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm I'm free before seven i'm free other days of the week but seven o'clock on thursdays she wanna call i love my mother though had a great conversation with her anyway good news i hope it's good news i hope you would think it's good news joe judge let's go let's freaking go rule next fire rule fire rule but anyway yo the giant's about to come up and they got rid of Joe Judge. Maybe they can work on their own line. Get somebody in there that can develop Daniel Jones. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Let's freaking go, baby. Mr. Motivations, don't do that to me, man. You're making me smile. 
Because guess what? I can see it too. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for the first time in like about a decade that I've actually seen this. Hey. Like, this is insane. Like, we fired Joe Judge. Right thing we had to do. Dave Gettleman, he's like, you know what? You can't fire me because I quit because he retired. So, um, <laughs> one of those things. And then, so like, we're cleaning the house. We're cleaning the house. Now, what should we do? Make the right steps. What do we do? Sign a head coach. What's Eric his name? Fire. Eric. What's his name? No, get out of here. Eric <laughs> no. What's his name, Eric? What's that guy you've been talking about? The Miami John fire? Oh, gosh. Give me. No, Brian Flores from Miami. <laughs> Telling you, bring him to New York. He is from New York originally. He was born in New York. What's a perfect fit? Go to the New York Giants. Was he? He's great with young, young talent. Develop Daniel Jones. He's a great coach. I say bring Brian Flores in. GM, I don't know. I don't care what you do with the GM because I'm focused on the head coach right now. Brian Flores would be a great fit for this New York team. And they were the youngins would improve significantly with him uh, as the head coach. So that's what they got to do. Now for Carolina, man, they got a fire rule. I'm sorry, your head coach, he's got to go. I don't know why he sells the job. I'm sorry. I kind of feel bad for that. But I say, you know, like, uh, I mean, you fire him. And then I guess you can get maybe possibly Bill O'Brien. There's many other options oh, on that. But Urban Meyer, yeah. what are you doing? Stop. You and Urban Meyer. You guys never going to get a job again. Bro, Urban Meyer is the way to go for you guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. If the Giants sign Urban Meyer, I think oh that would be the highlight of, like, the next next year's season already. Like, yeah, I, we're I think... rioting. We're rioting, Giants fans. <laughs> At that point, you have to boycott the games. At that point, you just gotta stop going to the games. Like that. At that, at that point, you know something's up in the Giants organization. They just want to lose. At that point, yo, that's insane, bro. Oh my gosh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, oh my gosh, man. If I I just hope that some they're not gonna make a dumb decision, man. The GM's gone, the head coach is gone. You know, like it's it's going up. It has to be going up from here, unless you guys sign like some random person that it just cares about money, you know. <laughs> oh, hopefully not. But hey, man, we'll see what happens, bro. Wait, but, but um, Eric, go ahead. As a Giants fan, you know what the best thing about hitting rock bottom is? What? There's only one way, and that's up, man. We can't go any worse than this unless we go like one zero the wins. But uh, I mean. Unless, like, you guys just, like, stay at rock bottom. <laughs> like, he doesn't yeah. go up. Like, I don't want that to happen. No, nah, that's just I'm pain. I'm done with losing. That'd be terrible. I want, I'm done with losing. The Jets are looking like a solid team now. They got Zach Wilson started to improve toward, towards the end of the season. The head coach, Robert Sala, I like a lot. So, New York's looking on the come up, man. Maybe a New York Jets and Giants Super Bowl? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, my God. Next season? I- I tell I tell you one thing though, if Jeremy Rucker gets drafted to the Jets, I'm rooting for the Jets. I don't care. I don't care. You <laughs> can mark words on that. Like I will root for the Jets. Just just strictly for Jeremy Rucker. That's it. Everything yeah, yeah. else, once he leaves that team, if he does lead that team, I'm no longer I'm no longer rooting for the Jets. It's only Jeremy Rucker. That's it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. We'll take you. But what's it? Oh, go ahead, Eric. We do have a. Uh... Audio message from Mr. Motivations. Let's do it. If you're going to fall, fall on your back.
I know you already did quote of the week, but here it is. If you're going <laughs> to fall, fall on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up. Les Brown. Let's go! Love that. Love that. Love that. Love more positivity, please. Yes, oh, my. Uh, a thing that we need in the Giants fan group. More positivity. Hey, man, the Giants, they fell on their back. I can tell you that much. They fell on their back, and now they're looking up, and they're no longer looking up at John Gruden. Not John Gruden. I'm bugging. John Gruden. Joe Judge. (laughs) Joe Judge. They're no longer looking at Joe Judge. (laughs) You know, for the first time in, like like I said, like five years as being a fan. I mean, I've been a fan longer, but in in the last five years, for the first time, I'm actually seeing some light towards the end of the tunnel, which is very weird because I never had that feeling in a long time, and it feels good to have some hope. So, let's see same, what happens. Hopefully, they don't crush it like they always do. Same thing with the Jets, too. The Jets mm-hmm. might be a force to record with next season, bro. Might be a force yeah. to record. But um, really quick now, let me go ahead and go into this this Brooklyn Nets thing, man. Um, I was saying, I don't as as far as Brooklyn goes, right? Apparently, we have to pay a fine in order to get Kyrie back, like for full time. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. You know what? It really quite. You know what really does? It really questions like what what's the deal with COVID and everything. But we're not gonna get into that because like that's not really like culture (laughs) stuff. Because it makes (laughs) sense. Because in the beginning of the season, you needed the vaccine. If you didn't have the vaccine, you couldn't play, right? Then then in some states, in some states, in in some states, yes, yes. Now Kyrie's able to put. Now they then Kyrie was able to play away games in the beginning, but they didn't want him to because he wouldn't get the vaccine. So they were trying to. In other words. I think, they were, in other words, I think they were just trying to bully him to gain the vaccine, and he didn't get it. Pretty much, yeah. So then they're like, "All right, we low key need you, so now you can play away games." Okay. <laughs> Start losing a couple of home games, but we realize how much the be- how much better the team is with Kyrie Irving. So now all of a sudden it comes out the Nets just need to pay a fine in order to get Kyrie to play. What? <laughs> we went from from literally no Kyrie Irving because of the vaccine. And now Kyrie Irving is possibly able to play everywhere without a vaccine if they just pay a fine. It's insane, man. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Every business business is all corrupt, man. It really is. <laughs> what? But like, what? It doesn't even make sense. Like, it doesn't, even, it doesn't even remotely make sense on how, like, we could just go from this. Why couldn't you pay the fine in the beginning? You know what I mean? Why was that an option? It makes you think. It's, like, questionable. But... We're not gonna get into it. We're not gonna get too deep into that. But yeah, I just want to talk about yeah, that it's more than just basketball. That's what it is. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. definitely. I know, I know where you're but, getting at. But um, what's it called? Um, all I'm saying is this: the net, the Nets. I just hope we come to our senses, man. I feel like we have enough. We 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 definitely have enough money to to pay for this freaking fine. You know Are what you I mean? Kidding me? The I, owner is a billionaire. Like yeah. <laughs> Like you that like come on like you can make it happen now. They I'm hearing rumors that they might they possibly might wait till playoffs just so like we can have him then, right? And they'll just be fresh entirely, and that way he gets time to like even though he's rested almost like 25 percent of the season. What's it called like and just like be ready for playoffs. But um, either way, man, I just think regardless, just make sure we pay that fine by the time playoffs come. That's all I care about, right? I realistically wish I could have it now so we could just win every single game in the freaking league. But if we can't, it's okay. It's whatever, right? We'll move on from it. But I'm looking at Steve Nash, man. As a Nets fan, this is going to be a little bit shocking, even though we just dominated the Chicago Bulls, right? 
Steve, like, I hope Steve Nash starts to wake up and starts to do, like, the right things, right? Because if you really sit down and watch the Nets game, right, this team is just power heavy, like, it, or it's just it's just superstar heavy. If you realistically put Steve Nash on, like, Detroit Pistons, I don't think they win a single game. Like, it's it's crazy. It's just, it's, it's just mostly James Harden with the ball running pick and rolls every single play. Right, there's real. The only play that I really see is like that one Patty Mills play where he comes off a screen and then pops it top of the key. That's really, really all they I did. See. The same thing with when Joe Harris was there. It's literally the same play. It's the same thing every single time. There's realistically, there's realistically like no plays drawn up for James Harden, no plays drawn up for for Kevin Durant, no plays drawn up for Kyrie Irving. It's all ISO ball, right? It's like give him the ball, let him go to work, let 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 him, let him do him. And realistically, we can do that, right? It's not bad, but I'm saying. When it comes down to when we need plays, when we need to confuse people, right? There's nothing. It's this. It's that one. It's that one play that we score off of. There's literally that's it. And then we just rely on Kevin Durant to, to just drop a three in somebody's mouth and just and just go along with it, you know. So, in my opinion, right, Steve Nash is still not like the greatest coach for me as a Nets fan, and also just looking at basketball as a whole. Um, however, man, if he gets a championship, it's kind of like you know what it is. I think it's um, oh my gosh, what's the name of the Bucks head coach? I totally forgot. Oh uh, well, um, 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 I forgot oh his my name. Gosh, what's his name? Um, let me find it. Hold up, I'm literally brain farting. Mike Budenholzer. There we go. Yes, thank you. Um, Mike Budenholzer. Last year, we were talking about it. He was he was coaching terribly, right? And that and we believe that that championship saved his job. Now, now, like their team is very organized, right? You got you. They they have set plays. They are a dangerous team. I mean, they beat the Nets without 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 Drew Holiday. So that gives you every that tells you everything about it, realistically. But um, like it's this kind of situation with Mike Budenholzer. Like this is a Mike Budenholzer situation. You know, if 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 we can't find a way to win a championship this year, I'm I'm telling you, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and literally anybody else. You put you put. Garon Sharp in there. You put Nicholas Claxton in there. You put um Edwards. He's been playing pretty well as well. You know we have Blake Griffin. We got we got Duke Junior. You know what I mean we got players. We got decent players that can just play roles, right? This is the best team in the league. I I don't want to. I don't. I don't believe the Warriors are better better than us. I definitely don't think the Suns are better than us, right? I think the Warriors are the best team in the league when they have when they're at their fullest. But I think that we can beat the Warriors. Um, at at their at their best, if we have our best players, so, but the only thing is our coach, right? The Warriors have a good coach, Steve Kerr. You know that the system works. You know he has plays drawn up for them. It's it's great, but you look at our team. We don't have. We did. It's not like that, right? So that could come down to it, and we'll see what happens. But that I really just want to talk on that really quick. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean. I don't think Steve Nash has done what we expected of him to do, but yes, like um, like but when you look at it, he has a good good team. Kevin Durant, James Harden, he had Kyrie Irving last year, uh, so in some away games this year. But when you look at it, it's like how is this team not going like losing games? Like they have fourteen losses this season with Kevin Durant and J- and James Harden. It's like how like this team is good. Obviously, Joe Harris is out. He's a big key to this team in the shooting, but. It just doesn't make any sense, and I think you have to look at Steve Nash at some point, and uh, we got to look at it like that. But then again, 
I think it also comes down to the player's execution as well. Like James Harden, even though you put ISO ball for James Harden, James Harden can't be losing the ball and looking for a foul. Like that's just that can't happen. So I think that's a double edged double edged sword when you talk about a coach's job because yeah. the players have a lot to do with it too. A, a coach can call a play like ISO ball for James Harden, and sometimes say James Harden steps back three pointer and makes it, and then most of the time he dribbles into traffic and loses the ball. So it's like that's not what we called but you still did it, and now it looks bad on my part. So that's why when I look at coaches' jobs, I really don't grade them too harshly unless they do really bad. Unless they're like a Joe Judge calling like a QB sneak on a third <laughs> down and nine. Then you're like, okay, get that guy out of here. But when it's like, I don't know, I, I look at the players too. I think the players have some fault in the, in, in coaches' execution as well. I, I um see, I agree with that sense, but at the same time as well, it's like, Joe, not, yeah, not Joe, I'm sorry. James Harding, right? When we see him play, David, out of all the Nets games that you watch, you know, we watch all, we watch like darn near all of them, right? How many times have you actually seen a play actually other than the pick and roll off of James Harding? Not saying he's good at the pick and roll. Don't get me wrong. He's amazing at the pick and roll, right? But how many times have you seen something different? From James yeah, Harding? When you, when, yeah, when you bring that up, yeah, I totally get that. Pat Nash has to call some more plays. There's literally a pick and roll every single game, every single time he has the ball. Like I, I won't blame Nash for James Harding's mistakes, mm-hmm. right? But also, I, I have to say, I have to say this much: it's like James Harding does the same thing every single time. If people find a way to to, to deal with it, right? Eventually, it's, it's hard to deal with it because it's James Harding. You know, what I mean, he's a great player. He finds ways around these things, right? But if people, if a good, a great team like the Warriors or, or the Grizzlies right now, great defensively. A good if a good defensive team finds a way to deal with it, it it puts us in it puts us in a in a tough position because now you have James Harden that has like five turnovers, thirteen points is not playing well. Now we have to rely on Kevin Durant to have thirty plus points, and we have to we have to hope that it's an away game so Kyrie's actually playing and hope that he doesn't have nine points. You know what I mean? It's it's so much so much on that to the point where once we see that that's a problem. Let's go with something different. And I don't see Nash really take control in those situations. I wish he would. You know what I mean? I know there's a lot of egos on this team, right? Which is another thing that's very difficult to coach. You know, you need to have you need to have respect as a coach. And, and, you, and the players need to respect you. But I want him to take charge. I want him to be like, you know what? If you're not doing well, get the ball out of his hands. You know what I mean? Let's let's give it to KD. Let's give it to Kyrie. Let's give it to somebody else. Let's give it to one. Like, like if Cam Thomas is hot, give it to Cam Thomas. You know what I mean? Play and, as a team. Play as like, don't play as, like, individuals. And that's why it's so important to have Kyrie Irving back in the lineup. Yep. Because if James Harden does bad and uh, they double-team Kevin Durant, guess who you have open? Kyrie. So it leaves more options for superstars to to keep, get get back on track So and score. And, and also, just to add to that, I feel as if when all of our superstars, you know, like, it's so hard to catch us on a night when KD, Kyrie, and James are all playing bad, right? KD's having an MB, MVP um, caliber season, right? So most of the time, 99 out, he's dropping 25-plus points, right? Then you look at Kyrie, um, and then you look at James Harden. Like, it's hard to catch them both on a bad night. But if you catch all three of them on a bad night, nine times out of ten, someone on the bench for us or somebody on our lineup is going crazy. That's what I'm going to say. So it's like... We're such a well-rounded team. We're such a well-rounded team, bro. Yeah, that's true. But, um, Eric, 
let's get into these audio messages. We do have two in the queue right now, and one of them is from Mr. Motivations. Let's do it. Oh, Eric D. Rod, to answer your question about Kyrie and why now you just have to pay a fine to get him to play full time, here it is. Hope that answered your question. That's all it is. Money, 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 money. Money. That's what it is, man. That's what it is. That's all it is. Money talks, unfortunately. Money is powerful. I was... I was so ready for him to give us a whole explanation of like what like the league said and like a different league rule or something, and that just came on. Oh my gosh, that was fire! That was amazing, man. I would say, listen, but it's like when you really think about it, like it's sad. That's so sad. It's sad, but sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I said it's sad, but that's literally. Everything, every aspect of life is controlled by money. Like jobs, businesses, politics. It's like government. So many things are controlled by money. And it starts off high with our government, goes down to businesses, private businesses, big businesses. It goes into sports like NFL, NBA, and like NHL, ML, any, any type of sports. There's always some type of money involved that's powerful and that makes overall decisions for uh for clubs and teams you know and but like when you really think about it, it's like are we really thinking about the safety of the play like if they were so worried that's what i'm saying it's so crazy how everyone was so worried in the beginning of the year about the safety of the play and all this and all this stuff right and now all of a sudden oh, all we need to do is pay a fine like what <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like they're, they're they were hiding it they're hiding it yeah it's like, were you really concerned from the beginning? Like, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm realistically, I'm not even gonna complain because like Kyrie Irving back for the Nets, sure. Go, I'm 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 my mouth shut. I don't care. Like that's up to y'all. That's all up to y'all. But money, money, yeah, money, money, money. <laughs> money. Yeah. Mr. Mope, that was great. That was a that was great. That. that was a great Um you Dave, you want me to play the next one? You wanna play the next one? I got it. the next one is from Jungle Drew. So shout out to you, man. And uh, let's play your audio message. Honestly, I feel like that would be a thing. Um, only that the teams are even matched. Like you look at the Warriors' depth, and in comparison to the Nets, they're not as top heavy, meaning like they don't have any many as guards and people that can score the ball, but they definitely have a, a better rounded team. You know, um, don't get caught up with the All-Stars because, you know, like the the level of camaraderie that they have is next level. That is so true. That is so true, man. And honestly, to add to that as well, the Warriors overall, if you look at like, if you go star for star, right, obviously we're going to beat them out star for star. But then if you look at like their their bench is 10 times better than ours. I'll say that every day. Like, their bench is better than is is better than ours. But at the same time, I'm... I feel like it's just. I feel like it would come down to the coaching. If we saw them in the finals, I think it just come down to the coaching, man. Like this is because realistically, two they have two great teams. The players are gonna are gonna do their job, right? But to come down to who has like the better IQ, who's gonna like make those those 
those those good decisions for the teams, you know. But I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you have a team that's so evenly matched, it's gonna find that one little weak. It's like you ever hear the expression, "You only as you only as strong as your weakest link." Yeah. And yes. when you and when you go into the playoffs, our weakest link, uh, weakest link. What am I saying? Our weakest link is in fact our head coach. So. Yeah, man. But um, really, really quick. Um, I know like this is like has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. But um, the Bucks are destroying the Warriors right now, thirty-seven to twenty-one. Oh, we got some problems in the. Oh, Golden. you picked like. Did I? But yeah, but you're not. We're not done with our predictions right now. So like we, we're not going with our. We're not done with our run through. So we have to go through it afterwards. So actually, I'll I'll hold on that. I'll hold on that really quick. All right, all right. Money, 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 money. Hi, bro. This. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But this motivation's got that stuck in my head. But um also let's go into Eric's last game of the NBA and um of Wednesday, which was actually yesterday, Wednesday, January twelfth. And he picked on the seventy sixers versus the Hornets game. And um ladies and gentlemen, Eric said that the seventy sixers are gonna beat the Hornets one twenty to one sixteen. And Eric, I'm sorry, but the Hornets actually won one oh nine to ninety eight. So I can nice. make a point for the team or the score. You did say that Joel Embiid is going to have a double, a double, and Joel Embiid had 31 points, but only six rebounds. So I cannot give you what? a point for that as well. And you did say that Lamelo Ball is going to have 20 plus points and five plus assists. And Lamelo Ball, ooh, only had 13 points and eight assists. So I cannot give you a point for either one. You go a big fat donut, your strawberries, frosted, sprinkled donut, whatever you like. So. You say you say at fifty nine points, it's currently sixty eight to fifty nine, and I'm feeling so nice right now. You get zero points, man. That's good. That I choked. It's just if I would have got at least one point, I would improve from last week, but it stays the same. Wow. It's almost like they don't want you to beat me. You know, you ever get that uh-huh. feeling? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> money, 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 money. <laughs> So, so, wait, so who am I paying off? Who am I paying off then, myself? I don't know, man. But my boy Tyrese Maxey had a doo-doo game, so I don't know. Maybe you're paying off them? I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. I'll show you my text messages. Yeah, it's going to be Texas to the, to freaking Adam Silver. <laughs> Make sure this happens as well. Just let just, just show my for my prediction game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, how important it is. How much money do you... Imagine how much money you have to spend just to bribe Adam Silver. My goodness. Probably literally your life savings. And that might not even be enough. I don't think so. I think I'd just sell my soul. Oh, no. That might not even be enough. That might not even be enough either. Oh, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, let's move on to uh, the 76 stats, the losing stats. And we look at Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid had a great game. 31 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. Ooh, 7 turnovers. Russell Westbrook, is that you? <laughs> Russell. Oh, my gosh. 7 turnovers. That's, that kind of ruins a 31-point game. In a sense. But then we move on to Tobias Harris with 17 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 3 turnovers. And then you had Matisse Thumble, who played 15 minutes. But I guess he left the game with an injury, it looks like, because he had only three three rebounds and zero points in one block. So that's a crucial guy he lost. Hopefully he's not out for a long time. But uh, then we move on to 
Fernand Corkmox with 14 points, Tyrese Maxey with 10 points, Seth Curry with 10 points, and then that's it. Everyone else is in single digits. So very slow game for the rest of the 76ers. But let's move on to the Hornets team. And every time I feel like I cover a Charlotte Hornets game, this guy is always going off, putting up great numbers. Gordon Hayward. Like I'll say it once, I'll say it again. He had 30 points, seven assists, four rebounds, three steals, only two turnovers. Shot 100% from three and 81% from the field. I will say it again. The Charlotte Hornets' most consistent player is Gordon Hayward. When you rely on a guy to score you 20-plus points every game, I Gordon Hayward's your man. I feel like every time I cover the Charlotte Hornets, he never has a bad game. Very rarely he has a bad game. They basically like their anchor in this team because you know that he's going to be there and dropping 20 points. But... Then we had Miles Bridges drop 21 points, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks, and only three turnovers. And you had Terry, Scary Terry, at 22 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, no turnovers. And then Lamella Ball, 13 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, one steal, only one turnover. And then uh, Cody Martin with 11 points. And then after that, that's all she wrote. The Charlotte Hornets only played eight people in this game, and they still came out with the victory, which is very shocking, but... Eric, what's your thoughts on this game? You know, surprising win for the Charlotte Hornets. They snap uh, 76ers' seven-game win streak, which is very important. But what's your thoughts? Uh, you know, that seven-game win streak makes it seem like it's a it's a reasonable L. But in my opinion, like, this is a this is a terrible – this is a bad L. This is a bad L. I don't know. Like, I know the Hornets are good and all, but, like – Ah, uh, they only, like you said, they only played eight. They shortened the rotation, bro. This is like a playoff rotation in that set. Like, when you shorten the rotation so only your best players get out there, you know, like, mm-hmm. ah, my gosh. And also, really, one guy I just want to talk about really quick, Um, obviously, Joel Embiid, he had a good night, but at the same time, he had an off night, you know? Like, that seven turnovers is disgusting. But, um, obviously, Tyrese Maxey didn't have the night that he was supposed to have. Seth Curry, they, the, the guard position definitely got outplayed. Definitely got outplayed, you know? Um, Thibault didn't really contribute. The only person that contributed off the bench realistically was Furkan Korkmaz. Everyone else didn't really do much. But Tobias Harris has been mid lately. He's been very mid. Like in the beginning of the season, in the beginning of the season, like I was, I was feeling more like twenty plus points. You know, like Tobias was really that type of player. You know, and he was getting high rebounds, high assists. He had eight rebounds in this game, which is wasn't bad. But um, he had five assists, which isn't bad either. But overall, it's just like I've seen Tobias play better, right? That's my main thing. I've seen Tobias play better basketball. And he's not really doing it for the 76ers, you know? And I want to see him get back to that that level, you know? And that really – because it really could take this team to, like, to like another level, like, overall. Granted, this team is good because they want to have a game win streak regardless. But if Tobias can start to really be that second piece again – that, like, strong second piece, his team would be, like, a force to be reckoned with. But I don't really like this L for the 76ers. I think that's just how I, that's just how I feel about it overall. Yeah, I, I mean, when you look at the 76ers team, last year, Tobias Harris was a very consistent basketball player, and he was the number two to draw and beat. And that's the reason why they were winning majority of their games. But this year... I agree with you. Tobias Harris has been a little bit inconsistent. In his last five games, he dropped 15, 14 points against Houston, 22 points against Orlando, 23 points against uh, the Spurs. Solid numbers. But then we look 13 points against Houston and then 17 points against Charlotte. So it's definitely not the Tobias Harris we're used to seeing. But I don't know, man. It's, it's not looking good for 76ers. 
And I think Tobias Harris right now, even though it's crazy to think because they were on a seven-game win streak, but I think for the 76ers to really make a run in the playoffs, they're going to need everyone to contribute. And Tobias Harris is the number two guy on this team, and he can't be having inconsistent games like this. And uh, they're a good team when Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid are on board, even Seth Curry. But if you take one of those guys out of the equation, especially during playoff time, it's going to do dividends. Definitely. Definitely, man. Well said. But um, that's why I said good up for the horse. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, man. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's go into our next uh, – what was it? I was going to say next year predictions. Oh, my gosh. Our next week uh, upcoming Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday predictions. And uh, on uh, – Eric, what did you have? The, yeah, Friday. On Friday – Eric had the Cavs versus the Spurs, and he has got the Cavs winning 103-98, with Jared Allen having at least two blocks, and DeJounte Murray, my boy, having less than 25 points. DeJounte, DeJounte, yes. uh, Now we move on to Sunday, and Sunday the 16th, and Eric has the Nuggets versus the Jazz, and he's got the Nuggets winning it 97-90, with Nikola Jokic having 20-plus points, double-double, and uh, Donovan Mitchell having 25-plus points. So let's see if that happens. All right, man. For David, on Saturday, he's at the Knicks versus the Hawks. He's at the Knicks winning 106-96. to He has Trey Young with 25-plus points and 5-plus assists, and he has R.J. Barrett with 25-plus points, right? And then for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, going on right now, um, David has the Warriors versus the Bucks game. And David has the Bucks coming out on top, one sixteen to one hundred nine. He's got um, and right now the Bucks are dominating the Warriors, forty eight to twenty seven. So not gonna lie to you, and and also just to, just to give you guys a perspective, um, what's it called? Um, it's the second quarter right now, and it's eight minutes in the second quarter, and they're winning fifty one to twenty seven. Jeez, oh it's gosh. bad. It's really bad, right? So. David, I don't know if that score is gonna. I don't know if that score is gonna come out for you, my guy. I'm not sure, but what's it called? At least you're, you're most likely gonna get the W. But um, going into the stats, um, you got Curry coming out with 25 plus points and five plus rebounds, and right now Curry has eight points and three rebounds. So he might get you. He might get you that. He might get you that, right? And then for you said you have Giannis with a double double, and Giannis has 13 points and three rebounds and three assists. So not he's probably gonna get you that, but. Overall, David, I just got to go into this really quick. Like, I know this game isn't over yet, and it's far from, it's definitely far from over, but you look at the Bucks, you look at the Warriors team right now. The highest score is Curry with nine points, right? After that, the next highest score is Andrew Wiggins with six points. And then it's, and then it's Jordan Poole with six points off the bench. Klay Thompson's 0 for 3. Um, Gary Payton's 0 for 1. You know, like, these guys, Najon Bielitsa is 0 for 3. Jonathan Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga is 0 for 1. As a team, they're shooting 32% right now. As a team. That's that's like, they're, they're shooting terrible right now. And they're shooting 21% from 3, right? But then you look at the Bucks, bro. Dude, the highest score right now is Bobby Portis. First of all. That's Again? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're having, we're having flashbacks. <laughs> but Bobby Portis has has 14 points and 6 rebounds. Giannis has 13 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, right? Chris Middleton, I, he literally had 3 he literally had three rebounds and 3 assists, three assists 2 seconds ago. 
and now he has five rebounds and four assists. Don't know what's going on with that. Chris <laughs> has 11 points, two rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Like, these dudes, oh, my gosh, bro. Wesley Matthews has six points. Grayson Allen has, has eight points. And they're shooting 61%. And they're shooting 50% from the three-point line. What is going on? There's a, there's I think – go ahead. Sorry, I, I, I think – it goes to show how important Draymond Green is to this Warriors team. Yeah. His defense intensity, he, the defensive intensity he brings to this team is insane. Because you might be saying, yeah, it's only one guy, so what's one guy going to do? But it brings the energy for the rest of the team. Because everyone knows what Draymond is. Draymond is not going to just talk to your guys nicely. If he tells that you're not working, he's going to scream at you until you start changing it. So it brings, like, I think when Draymond's on the court, the defensive intensity is 100% up. Like all the time, and uh, that's it. it. Just goes to prove how much he's in, how much he's, how much he's needed for this team. Definitely, man. Definitely. But um, the war as of right now, ladies and gentlemen, the Warriors are getting thrashed. And also, a couple of the games that are going on right now, you got Minnesota just started, Minnesota and Memphis just started, and the Timberwolves are beating Memphis right now, ten to two, and um, Clippers versus Pelicans just started, and the and the Pelicans are beating the Clippers ten to two as well. So, games to look out for, games to look out for. But um, really quick, ladies and gentlemen, before David, before we move on to our next segment, I just want to um, get into um, – actually, I want to get into the listeners' predictions really quick. Do you mind? Let's do it. All right, man. Well, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, our listeners' prediction game is is coming is coming in we're, – we're in, we're, in, we're in our postseason, if you will, you know, because the listeners' game is going to – the listeners' prediction game is basically when you guys get a chance – to make your predictions, right? Just like me and David do about basketball and football. But you guys can make predictions on any sport that you guys want to. Literally, any sport will write down for you. Soccer, hockey, basketball, baseball, UFC, boxing, and the whole nine yards. Football, whatever you guys want to do, you guys will pick it and we'll write it down for you and we'll keep you updated on it, right? And you guys get to get, um, you guys get to pick these every single episode and you get a max amount of eight points to pick from, right? And, um... Basically, if you guys, if some people like don't know how to do it. Basically, you could just say either a bunch of scores, like who do you think's gonna win, who do you think's gonna lose. You can do over and unders, right? You can um, also do players and how much they're gonna get. Anything you guys want to do, basically, um, you could be creative with it. But um, it's a max eight points, right? And in other words, right now I'm I'm gonna go over the the table that we have right now, and right and we have Texas really. We have five people in it, and we have Texas really in. Fifth with two points, we got Shockwave in fourth with three points. We got Knives in third with five points. And in second, we have 10886 with nine points. And in first, we have Missed Motivation with 20 points. So this ends after the Super Bowl ends. So once Super Bowl is over, no more predictions will be taken in. And whoever wins it all, whoever ends up finishing on top, will end up getting the first ever piece of merch from d Takeover. So look out for that, ladies and gentlemen. Right, and also just want to recap basically the predictions that we have set for um this upcoming weekend. Um, ten eighty six has all football predictions, and he has just win, just just um win spreads basically, and he has the Bengals winning, the Bills winning, the Buccaneers winning, the Forty ers winning, the Chiefs winning, and the Rams winning. So look out for that, ladies and gentlemen. You guys feel free to make your picks anytime. Just send them through the audio message, or you can DM us on Instagram. Our Instagram is official underscore de underscore takeover. Also, oindo. All right, leave me, leave me alone, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I was laughing inside. 
What's it called? Um, official underscore de underscore takeover, right? And also, if you want to, you can um message us on the Twitter account as well. You know, we'll check that. We check both accounts. Anyway, you guys can get in contact with us. Feel free. Um, and we'll them. We'll put them in for you. So feel free whenever you guys want to. The only rule is get them in before the game. You get once the game starts, you can't you can't make your predictions anymore. So mm-hmm. if the game is set, set to start at 8 p.m., anything after 8 p.m. is not accepted. Just to say that right there. So there it is, man. But um, without further ado, David, we do have some audio messages. Do you want to play those really quick? I got you. And they're both from Mr. Motivation. So here it goes. Let's do it. All right, here we go. I'm going to do a couple things because I got to hop out soon, guys. But I enjoy the show. You know, I ain't really can't tune in a lot, chime in a lot on the basketball talk, but you know, I'm listening. I'm here. I'm trying to figure it out. Appreciate it. Um, Appreciate it. First thing, dinner report. Ooh. I had some Chinese food tonight, and I spilt okay. the freaking red sauce. But anyway, oh. I had fried wonton, some crab ragu, the chicken wings, and some cheesesteak egg rolls, which I'm about to finish that second one because, man, that first one was amazing. And for dessert, I had some pound cake. Um, Here's Ooh. my predictions. I got my Kansas City Chiefs beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm, I'm going to say 35-17. to 17. I'm going to give them a little chance. 35-17. I say Patrick Mahomes throws for at least 250. Um, and I think that the defense gets at least one. Oh, we got one oh, more. I got it. Next one. I'm going to finish it. One the believe the defense gets at least one sack and one interception on Big Ben. You know, let him ride off into the sunset with some beautiful, you know, um interceptions and fumbles and sacks on his resume in that last game. <laughs> I've got the 49ers beating the Dallas Cowboys. I got the 49ers winning this with their run game. I say the the 49ers rush total is over 100 yards. I think they run over 100 yards total, um, total rushing offense, offensive yards on the Cowboys. And I say they beat the Cowboys 25 to 23. Let's say that. Two, two point victory. I don't know. Safety or something. Um, <laughs> and I think that's all I got for the playoffs, man. That's what I got. All right, man, hold awesome, on. man. Can you help me out on the 49ers Cowboys game? I got the I got the yes. score. What was he saying on the other thing though? So on the 49ers Cowboys, he's got the 49ers winning 25 to 23, and he has yeah. the 49ers running over a hundred yards as a team. Okay. Um let me write that down. 49ers running over 100 yards. Okay, so let me just add these up, make sure he has enough points, right? So he has one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven. Okay, so what we can do, right, for Ms. Motivations, for you, what we can do, right, David, what I'm going to do is I'm going to count, you know, the scores, the scores itself, both both teams and scores give you four points max out of all of them, right? So, like, Chiefs and Steelers, 49ers, Cowboys, that gives them four points, right? Mahomes, 250 passing yards, that's one point. Defense with one second, one interception, one point, Right? 49ers running mm-hmm. over 100 yards, one point. So that's the score. That's how the scoring is going to work for you, Mr. Motivation. Just making sure. He's got seven uh, points right now. He's out so he, to get seven points. Yeah, the opportunity to, make seven, to get seven points. But, um, all right, there it is, man. Dang, he had um, the Chiefs destroying them. 
Yeah, we got some more important Chiefs talk. Uh, more Steelers talk to talk about in the big deal, not a big deal. Which, in fact, Eric, if you don't mind, we got to go into our next segment. Which Do is it. called, ladies and gentlemen, it is called Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. And the rules are simple. Me and Eric, we get topics back and forth. Headlines, some things you didn't know about, and uh, of any different, of any sport we could think of. And um, we state back and forth to each other whether they are a big deal or not a big deal. But, Eric, by all means, I believe you go first this week, so take it away, man. I do? No, you go first. Yes, you do. No, I don't. It's your do week I? to go first everything, yeah. Oh, you gosh. Are... Yeah, wait, no, you go first. You go first. Wait, do I? Oh, my bad. Take it. No, wait. No, it's you. It's no, you. I, I go first. I go first. Yeah, my bad. My bad. I apologize, everyone, but uh, real quick, big deal, not a big deal, Eric. And I got to go into the NBA real quick because this recently just happened today. I found out while I was on the couch watching TV, and I was ecstatic. And Eric, big deal, not a big deal. The Atlanta Hawks are trading Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a 2025 second-round pick for New York Knicks' Kevin Knox II and a 2022 first-round pick of the Charlotte Hornets. Big deal or not a big deal? Big deal, bro. I've never seen such a fleece in my life. Oh, my gosh, bro. What are the Hawks doing, bro? What are the Hawks doing? That's a great trade for the Knicks. That's a they literally bro, let's think about this. Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill and a second round pick. Yeah? For Kevin Knox and a first round pick. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, bro. Let's just take away the picks. Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill for Kevin Knox. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm really, I'm really about to, I'm really about to expose this dude. Wait, hold up. Give me a second. Cam Reddish, okay. Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill. Hold up. Let me give me give, give me some time, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna. I just want to pull up one thing really quick. For Kevin Knox. Okay, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where's Kevin Knox at? Is he not even on the roster? I'm looking at the the New York Knicks roster. I can't find Kevin Knox. Oh, they already updated it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, let me go ahead and go into the stats really quick. Let's. I'm gonna pull up Cam Cam Reddish's stats. He he's averaging around. I'm around up to. He's averaging 12 points, three rebounds, and one assist. Okay, David, can you give me Solomon Hill stats really quick? It's on the. It's on the. He's on the Knicks roster now. So I don't want you to get confused like I did. Mm-hmm. Give me one second. Yeah, really quick because I just wanna. I wanna break this down for everyone because this is this is insane. This season, he's averaging one point, one assist, and two rebounds a game. Okay. You heard all that, right? Kevin Knox, ladies and gentlemen, is on, and I'm rounding up, is averaging four points, two rebounds, not even an assist. <laughs> and I'm rounding up four points and two rebounds. For a guy that's averaging 12 points and a guy that's averaging one point, even though it's not that great. But, and they got a second round pick and the Hawks got a first round pick. That's v, that's from Charlotte. And Charlotte are good this year. It's like, why would, what, who told you this, this was a good trade? This is a terrible trade. It's a terrible trade. Unless Kevin Knox turns into some beast, this is a terrible trade. Charlotte are the seventh seed. The Char- Charlotte are going to make the playoffs. They're most likely going to make the playoffs. Right? It's like, it was just a terrible trade. It was a terrible, tra- terrible trade, man. But big deal. But, David, how do you feel about this, bro? 
Oh my gosh, man. I'm ecstatic. Because once I first heard the trade, I'm like, okay, we get Cam Reddish, but who are we giving up? That's what I was a little bit more nervous about. But Nobody. Giving up, giving, only giving up Kevin Knox, a guy who doesn't even – who warms the bench for the New York Knicks is absolutely awesome. I'm ecstatic <laughs> by that. And we give, we give a first-round pick to the Hawks, but it's not even our first-round pick because we still have another first-round pick in the, this year's draft. So it's like we lost nothing. In a sense, I mean, technically, we did lose a first-round pick. But you know what I'm saying? We didn't lose. We're still in the draft this year. So, technically, we really didn't lose anything. And I'm so happy. I don't know what the Hawks were thinking in this trade. But now, when we look at it, like, a benefit, will it benefit the New York Knicks? I think 100%. Cam Reddish proven, has proven that he can score. And not only to mention, he's teaming up with his former Duke teammate, R.J. Barrett. And now we got R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. Now we're just missing one more guy, Eric. Another guy from Duke. Stop. Yeah, they were in the same year Stop together. Me. Zion Williamson? I think we got to complete the trifecta. I think this is confirming that the Knicks will get Zion Williamson on an, an MSG in the near future. Maybe this year, maybe next year, but I think he will come there soon. But now let's talk about what this team is, New York Knicks, with Cam Reddish on right now. I don't think Cam Reddish will start for this team. I don't think so. Because when you have Evan Fournier filling in that role, making $70 million uh, – Seventy million, seven million, seventy million dollar contract. I don't think he's gonna. I think Cam, uh, Evan Fournier is gonna start over him. But I will say, Cam Reddish will be getting solid minutes off off the rotation. And I will say, Tom Thibodeau, he uh, he rewards people based off of merit. And what that means is basically, whoever plays the best doesn't matter if you're a star. It doesn't matter if you're a bench player. If you're playing good, he's gonna put you in. He's gonna give you solid minutes. And I feel like Cam Reddish. He will be a great winger, too. A thing that we needed on in the New York Knicks. A great outside guy, number three, that we needed. A consistent guy. So, I think it would be great. It's going to work out fine. I mean, obviously, you got the teammate connection. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited. It's working. It's looking good. New York, New York on top right now. Bro, I, I would say this much. I think he's definitely going to get minutes. I think there's, like, Alec. Like, he could, he could possibly get minutes from Alec Burks. Like... It's just a great and, and he also he also can get better. That's another thing. I think Cam Reddish has has, has yet to hit his, his peak. So mm-hmm. or he's he his his time in Atlanta, right? It hasn't been like the greatest, but it's also like it hasn't been the worst. You know, I think we've seen like just a lot of potential and I think he might just really unlock that potential at um at in, in New York. So that's a great train for the Knicks, man. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe yep. that. I'm excited. So that, that congratulations for you, my guy. Also, really quick before I go into mine, the Warriors are losing thirty-five to sixty-seven. I can't help but talk about it. What's going on? I might have to turn on this game while we're while we're on here because like, I'm confused. Why is this happening? This is crazy. And the Clippers are down. The Clippers are losing twenty-four to seven. Oh lord. All right. Well, really quick. Um, we got audio message from Mr. Motivation. I'm gonna go ahead and play that one really quick, David. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Hey, yo, Eric, man, you keep asking these great questions, and I keep coming with these great answers. You said, what are the Atlanta Hawks doing? Well, here we go. Just gonna stand there and watch me
Yo, go stand there and just watch them burn. They love the way they lie to their fans, man. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that song. I really do love that song, but man, that's great. Atlanta, man, they, I feel bad for y'all, bro. I feel bad. Maybe they're taking you on purpose. I don't know, bro. But why did you do that after you went to the Eastern Conference final last year with a solid team with Trey Young, John Collins, and Clint Capella? That was a solid team. And people would say, yeah, but we're missing some key guys. Like, Brooklyn was at their fullest. I don't care. They still made it to the Eastern Conference finals and versus Milwaukee's team, Milwaukee Bucks team, that was clearly better than them, but they still put the shoulder ground. Trey Young was producing great numbers in the playoffs. But just shocking to me because this team – like I said, they went to Eastern Conference Finals last year, and now this year they're thinking about. Looks like they're they want to rebuild for some reason. Looks like John <laughs> Collins wants to leave for some reason. It looks like it's just going to be Trey Young and Clint Capella till ride or die until next season. That's what it's going to be looking like, and it's absolutely it's like one of the the weirdest turnarounds I've seen in one season. Is a team go in the fifth seed in the, in the Eastern Conference, go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Bucks and lose to a team right now who is currently. Eric, uh, who is currently 12th in the Eastern Conference with a record of 17 and 23, and looks like they are one of the worst teams in the league. That, well, that's an exaggeration, but it looks like they are looking to rebuild. It's like, weren't you just in the playoffs last year making a, almost a finals run? It's like, what? Wouldn't you want to rebuild uh, from that team you had? Makes no sense. It makes zero sense, bro. I don't know what's going on in Atlanta. Whatever's going on in Atlanta, they need help. They need help because something's wrong, man. But. Regardless, man, I'm gonna go ahead and go on to my next, um, my next topic, my next big deal, not big deal. Ready? Yep. All right, big deal, not big deal. I got some basketball for you. Chauncey Billups thinks Kyrie Irving is the most skilled point guard ever to play basketball. Uh, I'm gonna go. Mm, not a big deal. Uh, I think only reason why is I mean, honestly. It's, for me, I really don't think it's that big of a deal just because of the fact that it's just a comment that he thinks it's not really that big. But then again, you can look at it like, oh, he thinks he's it's a big deal because he thinks he's the best, most, what do you say, the most talented? Um, The most skilled. The most skilled. The most skilled. Ever. I mean, is he wrong? I mean, I mean, when you think about uh, it, Kyrie Irving is, has one of the best handles in the NBA. People say he's the best best ball handler in the whole NBA, like one of the best. And uh, the way he, hand, like like I said, the way he handles the ball, the way his skill moves are, the way he dribbles past everyone. I mean, he definitely has the skills. I mean, the only person I can really think of is probably Magic Johnson, the way that he had, but that was more of his playmaking ability. He also had crazy dribbling as well. But, uh, but other than that, I can't really think of anyone that comes on the top of my head. But then again, it's only one man's opinion. It's Chauncey Billups' opinion, who is a great basketball player. But I really think too much about it and again he's probably right i think Kyrie Irving's probably top five to say because i i don't i don't really i don't want to say like say something like oh Kyrie Irving's the best most skilled but i haven't really looked back into the history of nba and seeing these skilled dribblers as well but i would say definitely Kyrie Irving's top three why not he's one of the one of the best handlers hey man i skill wise man Kyrie. I, I don't know. It's it's something to think about, in my opinion. It's something to think about. Kyrie Irving being the most skilled point guard ever. We're not saying that he's the best point guard ever, you know. 
But like the most skilled, I don't know. I think personally, I think he has the best handles of all time. Uh, I I I think I've never seen anything like it. The closest that we can get to is AI. But AI is the reason that like people like Kyrie can even play like this. You know what I mean? AI inspired all that stuff. You know, so mm-hmm. for me, I think Kyrie most definitely has the best handles of all time because it's just like a it's like it's it's inevitable. You know what I mean? You always gonna have play someone. Like not not necessarily um. It's like kind of along the lines of saying, um, records are made to be broken, right? AI was never always going to be the best handler of all time, right? Because we're as players, someone's going to study, someone's going to study his game, right? And then someone's going to try to make it better, and you're always going to find someone that's going to. We're going to constantly just keep getting better and better and better. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, not saying that I'm not, I'm not saying that Kyrie is a better player than AI. Right, I'm just saying Kyrie Irving is the best handle of all time. That's in, in my opinion. So, does that make him the best, the most skilled point guard of all time? I don't know. No, no. I mean, it's also your, it's also your definition of skilled. Yes, the yeah. thing. You got you. What, what do you define as skill? As as skill? As skillful? Maybe people would probably take take it different ways. So, but I would just say that's the only thing I would say. I don't know if he's the best player, most skilled point guard of all time. I have to think about that to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, good one. But uh, I have a next one. It's from college football. This happened, I think, over the weekend. Or actually on Monday. Monday night. And um, big deal, not a big deal, Eric. But Georgia football team beats the Georgia Bulldogs, wins their first college national title since 1980, defeating the Alabama, man. Big deal, not a big deal. Big deal. Big Freaking deal, bro. I, dude, 41 years in the making, bro. And I did not expect them to win. I was all for Alabama, man. So, um, congratulations to Georgia, honestly. Just overall, just, just it's just a big deal. Like, I, there's nothing, there's not much I can really go into it, bro. Like, it's just such a big deal. Congratulations. That's amazing. They literally had fans crying everywhere. Like, dude, 41 years is a long time. 41 years is a long freaking time, bro. Think mm-hmm. about it. Imagine. In 41 years, we'd be freaking around, like, 50-something, 60-something, bro. 40, yeah, 60s, close to. Wow. That's crazy, man. But congratulations to them, though. Congratulations to Georgia. Yeah, man. It's awesome, man. Honestly, it's been a long time since they won it. Like Eric said, 41, 42 years. So, it's great. Especially to beat nemesis like Alabama. When you want to beat the best... To be the best, you got to beat the best. And Georgia, they had the best defense all throughout college football. At one point, I think they averaged, like, they're only allowing six points per game, which is absolutely insane. But, yeah, I just rhymed. But mm-hmm. other than that, uh, congratulations to Georgia, man. You know, it really meant a lot to the players, as you can see. I know their, I know their quarterback, Bennett, was uh, – Stetson Bennett, he was a walk-on to Georgia. So, he definitely – their quarterback definitely. Uh, if you saw his emotion after, he definitely showed some nice emotion. But that's it, man. Big deal. Yeah, man. Um, good. That was a good one. That was. I like that one. I like that one. Thank also, you. just quick update, man. I'm sorry. I had to turn on the game. I got the. I got the. I got the Warrior Bucks game on right now. Right there at halftime. But the Bucks are winning seventy-seven to thirty-eight, bro. Oh my gosh. What? And they're at halftime. Giannis has 23.7 rebounds, 7 assists at halftime. At halftime, bro. Gosh. Dude. And not to mention, there's 
no Drew Holiday. This Bucks team is scary, bro. This Bucks team is so scary. And also, the top scorer for for um the Warriors right now is Steph Curry. Guess how many points he has, David? Eleven. No, nope. He has nine. Nine. He has yeah. nine. <laughs> he has nine points. That's the top scorer. That's bad. That's so bad, bro. The Warriors have a first quarter score right now. It's absolutely insane. They're not playing defense. It's just. Just bad, man. But let's go ahead and go into um, my my next big do not be do. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. So I just gave you some basketball. So let's change it up a bit. Um. Oh, big deal, not big deal. David. Oh wait, no, no, no. We already talked about. We already. Yeah, we already talked about the Dolphins and Brian Flores. We don't have to talk about that again. Um. <laughs> I got. I got some. I got some UFC for you. Really. Yeah, man. Look at look at me. Look at me. Yeah, you, you see me. All right. <laughs> What's it called? Um, big, Brandon doesn't know. UFC is more of like David's. Like, if we had to pick, if like we were both, well, we were on a show right now. But like, if we were on like a show and someone's like, which like segment should we give you UFC or like who should we give UFC to? They would give it to David. Like David, like you know, what? David's more UFC IQ than I am, if that makes sense. But um, what's it called? Um, big deal, not a big deal. Jorge Mazadov will versus Colby Colby Covington on March fifth. Man, I, I heard about this one, and I'm glad you put this one in. Ah, oh, big deal, man, big deal. For anyone who doesn't know, it's um they have some history. They have a lot. They have a history that goes way back. They used to be training partners, but then I don't really know uh, what really happened. Like I think I think there was some disagreement, and now they actually hate each other. At least I know Jorge Mazadov hates Colby Covington, but um. Yeah, they had to be separated multiple times at like in like public areas. Like they both want to fight each other, but it's that, absolutely insane, man. Their relationship goes far, far back, and um, definitely a crazy one. But uh, let's see what happens, man. Kofi, Co- I feel like for this W, Jorge Masvidal has to win this game. He's been on a, I think I don't even know what his losing streak has been, but he's been on a lot. He's been losing a lot of games as of recently, and um, he needs this game. He not not he needs this fight to win. He needs to win this fight. And for Kobe Covington coming off a loss for Kamaru Usman, he needs to win this one as well because this is important for him to be back and being number one contender So and, and fighting for the title again. I don't know if he'll get it again, but if he keeps on winning, he's most likely going to be looked at as the guy to fight Kamaru Usman. So both these guys have crucial wins, man. And um, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting one because both of them, like I said, they're, they're not – they don't want to lose. They – they need these W's because for Jorge Masvidal, like I said, he's been on a losing streak. And for Kobe Covington, he needs this W to stay as the number one contender and be yeah. looked at for another chance at the, at the belt. It's a, it's a big thing. A lot at stake here, man. But I got to ask you, who do you got? Uh, uh, I'm going to have to go Kobe Covington. Yeah, I just think Kobe Covington, he has like a third long like, – Get, get this guy in the ring, he'll, he'll go the whole bout, and he'll still be full of energy. He's just, he's just insane. His cardio is absolutely immaculate. That's what he's known for in the UFC. But he's I also think, yeah, and I also say Hori Masvidal, he's like 37 years old, so he's getting older. Like I said, he's been on a couple of losing streaks. I don't think he's back to what he was back when he knocked out Ben Askren with that with that knee kick. But, and that, I say knee kick with that, with that knee, but, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go Kobe Covington because he played. He, he did a hell of a fight last time with um 
with Kamar Usman. So I'm expecting the same intensity from Kobe Covington. Yeah, I I would have to go Kobe Covington as well. But just for just for you know like competition sake, I'll go Jorge Masvidal. Just for competition sake, but <laughs> I think Kobe's gonna win. But I'll take I'll take Jorge since you took Kobe. All right, and also I have Jorge Masvidal. He lost his last two fights, both of them coming from Kamar Usman, and both for the belt. So since then he hasn't since two thousand since April twenty fourth two thousand twenty one he hasn't fought. So been a while it's been a while mm-hmm. but you could surprise us it's a good fight though it's a very interesting fight um and i, I can't wait till what happens man yeah but the floor is yours all right man actually eric we have to go into your uh your um nfl playoff bracket because for anyone to know i did mine last episode so now it is in fact eric's turn to do uh, this and eric 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 let's get into it shall we let's do it all right, man, and uh, let's start off in the AFC, and we got the second-ranked Kansas City Chiefs going up against the seventh-ranked Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you got coming out of that one? Big Ben in the Steelers. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Ben Roethlisberger himself was like, let's just go out there and have fun. Like, this guy. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I got, I got, um, I got the, um, I got the Chiefs easily. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Um, so you got the Chiefs going through, so we'll remember that. Uh, now let's go on to the Bills versus the Patriots. What do you got? Bills v. Patriots. I, I predicted that game, right? Yeah, yes you, you, uh, yes, you did. Yeah, I got Bills. I got Bills. You got Bills. Okay, I just want to reassure because this is probably – this could be different from your predictions. Um, now who do you got? Bengals versus Raiders. Bengals, Bengals. Bengals. Oh, so I guess you like Joey Badbones now? No, 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 no. Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I don't think that – I don't think the Raiders should have won that game, the, um, the Chargers game. I think the Chargers just choked. So, I don't think they Okay, okay. Bengals. Uh, so, now we move on to the NFC side, and we got the second-ranked uh, – second-ranked Eagles. Oh, my gosh. Second-ranked Buccaneers going up against the seventh-ranked Eagles. Who do you got? Not even close, Buccaneers. Easily, easily. <laughs> I think everyone is placing their bets in the Bucks. But yeah. now let's move on to the third-ranked Cowboys going up against the sixth-ranked uh, seventy. Uh, what is it? Seventy-six. Forty-niners. What do you got? Third-ranked. Oh, this one. I, wait, did I predict on this one or no? You did. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, bro! After you know, it's funny. I we I looked at the stats of week um seventeen or no week was it week eighteen or week seventeen? I'm bugging. The, the most recent week. It's week, week seventeen. Week eighteen. Week eighteen. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I look at week eighteen. I'm like, oh my gosh, because them Cowboys were beating on the Eagles, bro. But I still think I don't know. Dak could go crazy, but I'm going to stick with the 49ers. I'm going to stick with the 49ers. I think they'll upset them. Okay. So we got the 49ers advancing. Yeah. Okay. Man. Now let's go into uh, the last NFC uh, wildcard game, and it is the Rams going up against the Cardinals. What do you got? Oh, that's another great game. Uh, I, have to, I have to pick the Rams. Truly, because I because Cardinals are my fraudulent pick. I said they're not getting out the first the first round. So okay, so he's got the Rams going through. 
Now let's go back to uh, the AFC. We got the first ranked Titans going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you got? First ranked Titans was Can- wait what? Titans versus Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. For real? Yeah. How is that possible? I thought they would be in the mean? bottom bracket. So like now the first second guessing myself. Oh, wait, no, I think you might wait because then that means I did your thing wrong. That's what I'm saying. Like, that means that means I did your playoff bracket wrong. Oh. Hold me up. One second. Let me clarify this right now. Let me. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull up a picture of it so I just make sure. I might have done yours wrong, David. Did you? I uh, did. Wrong. Oh my God, yes. ladies and gentlemen. We must do David's over again. But all right, I'll do mine and then we'll redo yours. Okay. Okay. All right. I have to make a bracket for you now. But um, Chiefs versus Chiefs. Chiefs. Who do you got? Um, my gosh, if Derrick Henry's back, I'm not going to lie to you guys. If Derrick Henry's back, I got the Titans. So I'm... I'm Whoa! I'm, yeah. If Derrick Henry's back, I got the Titans. I think the Titans are a better football team than the Chiefs. And Mr. Motivation is my right now. Mr. Motivation is cringing so hard right now, but I got the Titans. I don't go to the Titans. gosh. That would be a shocker if it does happen, but... Now let's move on to the Bills versus the Bengals. Who we got coming out? Bills v. Bengals. Oh, my God. This is so weird because I had my playoff prediction so different. So now that I'm hearing these matchups, I'm like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Bills versus Bengals. I hate this. You know why I hate this? Because I think the Bengals are going to win. Oh, Really? So you got the Bengals going? Wait, wait. Oh, my God. The Bengals are going to Oh, my gosh. I got the Bengals. Wow. Joey Badbones is now Eric's favorite quarterback. Shut up. No, he's not. <laughs> so, now let's move on to the NFC. We got the Bucks going up against Green Bay. Oh, my gosh. Big deal. Oh, not big deal. Who you got coming out of that one? Bucks v. Green Bay? What? Oh, this is so different. Bucks v. Green. Oh my gosh. Am I really bad at bet against Tom Brady? That that Bucks team is filthy. That Green Bay team is filthy as well. But like Ah oh man. I Oh my gosh. This is tough. This is tough, David. I'm gonna have to say. I'm going to say. Oh, I don't know. I actually don't know. This is so tough. Come on, oh man. God. Oh my gosh, it's so it's so close. Um nah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Really? Yeah, you're not happy. I know you're not happy with that, but I'm I gotta, not happy at all. I can't bet against Brady, bro. I just can't do it. I can't do it, man. All I'm saying is the Giants have done it twice against Brady, so it is Oh possible. my god, that's it. <laughs> but now we got the 49ers going up against the Rams. 49ers against the Rams. Um, let's go ahead and wow. I have the 49ers. Okay. 49ers might be going wow. Surprisingly. Ball game for me. So now let's go into the AFC Conference Championship where we got the first ranked Titans going against the fourth ranked Bengals. Wow. Oh my 
Wow, this is a, again. But if Derek, nah, if Derek Henry's there. I got the Titans. I got the Titans. I got so the Titans. you got Titans making the Super Bowl. If it, now, it, who are... it's a big asterisk next year because if Derek Henry's not there, then they're probably gonna get lose to the Chiefs. They're probably gonna lose to the Chiefs. But if Derek Henry's there, bro, I got Titans going back. I mean, not it's going Derek... back. I got Titans going there. And uh, Derek Henry is looking like he's gonna be back, but. Now let's go into the NFC Conference Championship. We got the Bucks against the 49ers. Oh my god. Oh, that's the Bucks. No offense to 49ers. That's definitely the Bucks. Okay, now we got the Super Bowl. We got the Titans going up against the Bucks. Now who we got as a winner? Oh my gosh. I can't if Why do I have the I have the Buccaneers winning it? Oh my gosh. I have the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl, bro. The Bucks? Yeah, bro. Again, I can't, I just don't see. I, even with Derek Henry, I don't see them losing. It's Tom Brady. That's why I think Tom Brady might win it. Who? What's the score? Oh, what's the score? Oh my gosh. Honestly, I'm thinking like 35-27. Okay, at least it's gonna be an entertaining one. So, yeah. Eric, ladies and gentlemen, he's got the Bucks winning in the Super Bowl against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, winning 35-27. And who's your Super Bowl MVP? Tom Brady. <laughs> no, no, right. no. It's the buffs around it. But David. I thought you were going to say Antonio Brown. Oh, oh. um, uh, Well, you see, the thing about Antonio Brown, um, <laughs> he might just, just, you know, he might be MVP just for taking off his shirt running off the field during the Super Bowl, you know? <laughs> He might just pull that out. That that might happen. I wouldn't be surprised if he asked for another contract with the Bucks. Apologizing, just playing back. Super Bowl. There's no way to take him back. No, Imagine, not. yeah, crazy. But um, David, man. With that being said, I apologize to everyone for the old episode, right? But David, I have to do your predictions now, or not your predictions. I have to do your entire. Bracket your entire bracket to redo because the way I did it, I, I didn't think straight. I was thinking NBA and the NBA they have the first seat on the top of the at the top of the tree and then the second seat at the bottom of the tree. So in other words, they have a fair chance of meeting in the um in the final. You know what I mean? But in the NFL, obviously, it's different. You know what I mean? The 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 second seed could end up seeing the first seed in the second round. You know? Mm-hmm. So I kind yeah. of like. Be honest with you, I wish it was. I, I think the NBA is a lot smarter, but regardless, it doesn't matter because I'm not the commissioner of the NFL. So, um, <laughs> with that being said, um, let's go ahead and dive. In. Are you are you ready for this? Wait, but before we do that, we do have an audio message from Mr. Motivations, and I think he's gonna yell at you. Oh no, oh gosh, all right, here. No, no, the lowest ranking C goes to the number one C, guys. So, Kansas City wouldn't see Tennessee into the NFC Championship game. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, the lowest ranking C, which would then be the Bengals, um, would, no, no, sorry. Yeah, am I right? Dang, now y'all got me confused. The Bills are four, and the Patriots are five, so if the Bills won, they would be four, so they would go to Tennessee. And then if the Bengals won, they would go to Kansas City. Now that I think about it, I don't know. Check it. But I know the lowest seed goes to number one, and then the second lowest seed goes to number two.
Wait, I, I have it. I have it up right now. I have it right now. Mr. Motivations is, in fact, correct. What? So, okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for the total confusion. I'm a little confused myself. So, so Eric, so now the Cincinnati Bengals are going up against Tennessee. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Raiders. Who do you got coming out of that one? The Bengals, right? Wait, hold, hold the phone. Wait a minute. I need clarification on this because everywhere that I'm looking, I'm looking at every single picture, right? Every single picture is telling me that the Chiefs see if the Chiefs were to win, they would see the Titans next round. I'm on FanDuel right now, and uh, it's stating that the fourth rank and the fifth rank uh, team will verse the number one ranked team. That's what I thought from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then why is every single why is why do, this is so weird? You know what? Let me just look up last year's playoff schedule. How about that? Let's do that really quick. This is, Why is it so confusing. It is very confusing. Let me see. Um. No. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> this is so confusing. Because they're saying that last year, last year's playoffs, right? The Chiefs ended up versing the Browns. Afterward, the Chiefs are the first seed, right? And then they're reversing the Browns. The Browns last year were the sixth seed. So they reversed the third seed. I'm so lost. You're confusing me right now. I'm so <laughs> lost. I'm not. Listen, hold on. Everyone pause. Technical difficulties. I need to figure this, I need to figure this out because I don't want to mess this up again. So. No, we were correct. No, okay, Mr. Motivations is correct. It's, it's correct then. So every every other place that you look at for the for the for the playoff bracket is wrong. It is like the NBA, where like the highest is at the top. Like the low, the, the second seed would be at the bottom of the tree, and the third. So three versus six. Whoever comes out of three and six will verse the first seed. Okay. Yeah. So we did do yours right. So I don't have to redo yours. Okay. 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 Good. So we gotta redo yours. <laughs> All right. All right. Real quick. Real quick. Sorry that about that, ladies and gentlemen. That was actually very confusing. That's harder than my chemistry class I had in high school. <laughs> Seriously. They made that so difficult. Like, literally, I looked at CBS Sports. They had exactly what I was looking for, Eric. I looked at SportingNews.com. They had exactly what I was doing for Eric. And now I look at FanDuel. It's totally different. So, NBA and I, NFL, you got you to gotta be consistent, man, because this is uh, giving me some uh, confusion. It's really bad, honestly. It's, like, really bad. Mm-hmm. But Eric, let's go into your your new bracket. Apologize, to everyone. Apologies, but um, Eric. So we got an AFC. We got the Bengals against the Raiders. You got the Bengals going through, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, Bills versus Patriots. You got the the Bills going through. Yes. Okay. And Kansas City against the Steelers. You got Kansas City going through. Yes. Okay. Now let's move on to. Uh, the NFC. NFC, you got the Rams versus the Cardinals. You got the Rams going through. Yeah, everything first round is, is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 49ers versus Cowboys, you got the 49ers going through. And then Bucks versus Eagles, he's got the Bucks going through. Okay. Okay. So let's clarify this now. Now, Eric, we're looking at this now. AFC. We got Titans versus the Bengals. Who's coming out with that one? Titans v. Bengals. Again, if Derrick Henry's back, Titans are winning that. Okay, so we got Titans. And then we got Bills versus Kansas City Chiefs. 
Bills versus Kansas City Chiefs. Um, no, what am I thinking of that? No, it's the Chiefs. Definitely the Chiefs. Yeah, it's definitely the Chiefs. Okay, now NFC. We got Green Bay against the Rams. Oh, that's Green Bay. Yeah, this is. Yeah, there we go. And now 49ers against the Bucks. The Buccaneers. Okay, now let's go into the AFC Conference Championships. We got Titans against the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, it's everything from here on out is still the same thing for me in that sense. Because Titans, wow, yeah. If Derrick Henry is back. I don't see them stopping Derrick Henry, right? Because they won't be prepared for him, in my opinion. And then, on top of it, Ryan Tannehill, like they they have all their they're gonna have everyone's gonna be healthy. In other words, I think they they'll beat them. Okay, and then we got Green Bay against the Bucks. Uh, I still got the Bucks. Oh my gosh! Okay, so now we got Titans <laughs> versus Bucks Super Bowl. Same exact thing. Eric's got the Bucks winning it, so he's got Bucks Super Bowl winners. Yeah, man. I mean, hey, David, what's it called? I got the Bucks winning Super Bowl. I got the Bucks winning. Um, I have the Buc- I have the I had a tight. I have a Titans Bucks Super Bowl. David has a Bills Packers Super Bowl. Yes, I do. That's nuts. All right. Well, with that being said, David, I say we play this last audio message and we go to the best segment to the turn and the biggest one to the turn around MVP. So this is big right here. Yes, so it is. So let's go ahead and play. This. Um, you want to play the last audio message? I got you. It's from Mr. Motivations. All right. Oh. No, David, you did it wrong again, bro. No. The 49ers would be the lowest seed. <laughs> so the 49ers would go to the Packers, and then the Rams would play the Bucks. <laughs> Why is this no, so no, confusing? No. no. The lowest seed goes to the highest seed. So, oh, man. <laughs> no. No, I'm no, no. I give no. up. I give up on everything. No, David. Right. No, David, David, David. No, because I did the same. I did the same exact thing. And also, last year's playoffs went the same exact way. Ready? Look. Hear me out, Miss Motivations. You were the, if, you're the first seed, right? So, you automatically get the bye. Three has to verse six. Four has to verse five. Two has to verse seven. Okay, so instantly the way playoffs work, right? Two and one have to basically give be given the chance to make it to the conference finals and versus each other. So two is on the bottom, all the way at the bottom of, of the tree, and then at the top of the tree is three and six. Okay, so whoever wins three and six versus one, and whoever wins four and five versus the winner of two and seven. So everything is fine from that point on. So realistically, if the if the 49ers beat the Cowboys, the, the 49ers are gonna see the Packers. That's what I'm saying. Unless, wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Maybe we're getting this. Hold up. I might mess it up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's the seventh seed in this? They lost. Wait a minute. Oh my gosh, this playoff tree is so weird. I think we did. Why am I so confused? Okay, I think what Mr. Motivation is trying to say is so whoever comes out of the first round, whoever's the lowest seed, that's who the first seed gets. Yeah, that's, I get it. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, whether, so like, in other words, say if the Steelers were to win, the Steelers would versus the Titans. It wouldn't matter where they are. That's um, crazy. 
so confusing. All right, wait, wait. I can do your. Let me redo yours really quick, then. Hold up. I can redo. Oh, yours. Eric, Eric, man. <laughs> no, we will get this right, cause David. The next time, no, we have to get this right, cause playoffs start. Is it play, playoffs start? So, like, oh this gosh. Week. And we will get this right. Okay, David, I'm gonna redo yours. While I'm redoing yours, just I don't know if you have to make a whole new bracket. Just make a whole new bracket. <laughs> I just literally wasted a whole page. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it, man. All right, wait. Let's go, let's go, let's play Mr. Motivation's um, audio message first, and then we'll go through it. All right, here we go. Now we all on the same page. That's what I'm saying. So when the 49ers beat the Cowboys, the 49ers will go to Green Bay. And then the Rams, if you got them winning, which I got the Cardinals winning. But anyway, the Rams or Cardinals will go to the Bucks. That's how this works. See, unless, the only way that doesn't happen is if the Eagles beat the Bucks somehow. Then the Eagles will go to Green Bay. That's what he's saying. So in other words, it's whatever the lowest seed. So ready, David? I'm gonna do yours, right? So do you have the Chiefs and the? Let me, yeah, let me do this one first. You have the Chiefs and the Steelers. I'm sorry. I, okay, okay. Let me focus. Chiefs versus Steelers. I got yes. the Chiefs. Okay. Chiefs. Bills versus Patriots. Bills versus Patriots. I have the Bills. Okay. Bengals versus Raiders. Bengals versus Raiders. I got the Bengals. Okay. All right. So now, basically, after all of that, right? Now we would have this matchup. So since the Bengals are the. Oh, you said the Bengals, right? Yes. All right. I wrote down the Raiders by accident. My fault. All right, let me fix that. All right, so now, basically, since the Bengals are the lowest seed that you picked, they would verse the Titans. Yeah, okay. And then Chiefs would verse the Bills. So realistically, the playoff tree doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how the playoff tree lines up. That that that's what it is. So I got you the first round. Now let me go ahead and go over to the NFC. Right? Do you have the Bucks or the Eagles? I got the Bucks. All right. Do you have the Cowboys or the 49ers? I have the 49ers. And then you have the Rams or the Cardinals? I got the Rams. All right. Rams and Bucks. Okay. 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 We're getting we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. All right. Now, second round. Titans versus Bengals. Who do you got? I have Titans versus Bengals. I have uh, I got the Bengals going through. All right. Whoa. Oh, big upset. Okay. You got the, the four-seeded Bengals. And then Chiefs versus Bills. Who do you got? Chiefs versus Bills. I got the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, hey, no, 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 oh. no, 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 I got the Bills. I'm sorry. You really have the Bills still? Yes. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. Now, on the uh, on the NFC, Packers versus 49ers. Who do you got? Packers versus 40. I got the Packers. Okay. And then Bucks versus Rams. Who do you got? I got the Bucks. All right. So you got a four versus three seed on, on the AFC. You got the Bengals versus the, the Bills. Who you, who's winning that one? I got the Bills going. All right. Get the Bills. And then you still got the Packers going through, I'm guessing? 
Yes, sir. And Packers are winning it all. All right. So that's the same score line and everything. Okay. We got it now, ladies and gentlemen. We Eric, got... I fixed it for you, too. All right. So I, I don't even have to do it. You like, kind of fix everything? I did. The only thing I had to change is because you had the Bengals against the Raiders. You got the Bengals going. And then you got the Bills beating the Pats, and you got the Kansas City Chiefs beating uh, beating the Steelers. So then the lowest seed, which is the fourth seed, Bengals, will go against the Titans. So okay. AFC stayed the same. You had the Titans against the Kansas City Chiefs, and you had the Titans going to the Super Bowl. And the NFC side, you had the Rams against Cardinals. You had the Rams winning, and then you had the 49ers beating the Cowboys. So then the 49ers would verse Green Bay, and the Rams would verse the Bucks. And then you said... So, so let me ask this: Rams or Bucks? Bucks. You can just mark down Bucks all the way through. All right, and then you had Green Bay beating 49ers, and then Green Bay versus Bucks, and then Bucks going through. So it's literally the same thing. Okay, okay. I only changed one team. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we got Thank it. God, we, we got, got there. In the oh end. my gosh. We got there in the end. That was so confusing. I was so confused. But um. But. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our final segment of the show called our GOAT of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, it's NFL Week 18, final week of the regular season. And uh, basically, you guys get to know who our MVPs are of the season after after this. But I'm not going to list stats just because we are, in fact, <laughs> a little bit over time. But if we do list stats, it'll be a lot over time. But without further ado, Eric, let's get into my top 10. Let's do it. At number 10, I have the Raiders kicker, Daniel Carlson. He went 5-for-5 five five, uh, on field goals, long being 52 and two extra points. He literally had 17 points out of their 35, so insane. And he had the game winner. But And then went number 9, you had Jordan Brooks. He had 20 tackles, two tackles were lost. Uh, number 8, you had Eric Armstead. Uh, and you had number 7, you had Tom Brady. And number 6, you had Rashad Penny. Number five, And now we get into the top 5. Those are honorable mentions. Now in top 5, I have number 5. Uchenna Unosu, he had seven tackles, one sack, four tackles for a loss, one pass defended, and two QB hits. Absolutely monstrous game for him. But now let's get into number four, and I had to go with the boy, Debo Samuel. Talk about doing it all. The guy threw a touchdown pass. He went one for one for 21 yards. Had one of the highest QBR ratings, 100. Uh, he, he went one for one for 21 yards throwing, and uh, he also ran it. Uh, ran a touchdown, and he had four receptions for 95 yards in receiving. So he did everything on the board. So I had to value that, and he's at number four. Now at number three, I have to go with Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill had an impressive game. He had a completion percentage of 72%, 287 passing yards, and four touchdowns, having an offensive rating of 180, uh, 138.9, which is impressive. So congratulations to being number three. Now at number two, I got to go with the Raiders guy. The guy is absolutely bugging Justin Herbert, and that guy's name is Max Crosby. Max Crosby had seven tackles, seven total tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, three pass defended, and four QB hits. Talk about being productive. TJ Watt numbers, question mark? They're literally the same thing, but I had to put him in number two, but I could not put him in number one because this guy was impressive. And uh, Eric, please cue that drum roll, please. I got to go with the Cowboy quarterback, Dak Prescott. Talk about being efficient and productive in this game. Dak Prescott, he had a completion. He went 21 for 27, completion percentage of 78%. Wow, very accurate. 
with almost nearly 300 yards, being 295 passing yards and five passing touchdowns against the Eagles. Five. Insane. And he had an offensive rating of 151.8. They, they're ranked out of 160, ladies and gentlemen. So he did absolutely insane for this team. And he didn't even play the whole game because this team was winning by so much. So, man, congratulations to Dak Prescott on being a first-timer on my go to the week, man. Well-deserved. And, uh, man, congratulations. All right, man. All right. Um, not going to lie to you, there's, like, some people that I'm, like, confused about. I'm, like, I'm a little, a little shocked. I'm not going to lie. But without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and get into it, man. You ready? Do it. All right. So, at number 10. Mind you, everyone, this is for we're gonna we're gonna read you our, our MVP standings after. So like this this is really important right here. But at number ten, I got from the Los Angeles Chargers, Ucheno Unuosu. And number nine, I got from the from the um Cleveland Browns, I got Jacob Phillips. And number eight, I got the Kansas City Chief Patrick Mahomes. At number seven. I got the Minnesota Viking, Anthony Barr. And at number six, I have the Houston Texan, Davis Mills. Had a great, had a great game this week, right? Now let's get into the top five, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. At number five, I got the San Francisco 49er, Debo Samuel, bro. He literally did everything, like David said. Did, did threw, threw a touchdown. Ran into a touchdown, like ran ran into touchdowns. Also caught several passes, man. Absolutely insane. But at number four, I got the Las Vegas Raider, Max Crosby. Again, like David said, TJ Watt numbers absolutely monstrous. But I ha- I couldn't have him beat up this dude, man. And at, at number three, I got the I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady had an insane week as well, man. Absolutely. Great stats to put out there. But then at number two, he could not beat out this one dude, and that is the Tennessee Titan Ryan Tannehill. He had a monstrous four-touchdown game, bro. Absolutely insane. But obviously, man, I think you guys know what's coming. At the number one, we have... The Dallas Cowboy Dak Prescott. There's no doubt in my mind that Dak Prescott was easily the goal of the week this week. He had five touchdowns, and he didn't even play. it was just it was just so easy to pick. So, congratulations, Dak. You are my goat of the week for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's great, man. But where's Rashad Penny, bro? He rushed for 190 yards. I I didn't have I didn't think Rashad Penny could make it in there over over these guys, man. You had. Okay. In, Jacob Phillips also had a great game as well for the Browns, right? Patrick Patrick Mahomes, when you really think about it, Patrick Mahomes had 324 yards through 61 through I think 61% had two touchdowns. That compared to Rashad Penny, in my opinion, I think Patrick Mahomes had a better game. When you really look at it as a, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like one, 190 and one touchdown is crazy. Don't get me wrong. But 324 and two touchdowns is is also Great for a quarterback. So I I, I, va- I value Patrick Mahomes a little bit higher than that. Mm. <laughs> All right, but I can ask you the same thing with Davis Mills though. You can, because he had he had a three touchdown, three hundred and twelve game, and he threw sixty nine percent. 
I just put Tom Brady over him. That's why. But like, was that you think Rashad Penny had a better game than Davis Mills? Yes, I did. Because I, I, when you look at which one's like kind of harder to do based off of the position, I think rushing for um, nearly two hundred yards as like Derrick Henry stats. But that's that's why that's why I took into account. You think that's hard? You think that's harder? I not. Oh, Clay Thompson just went back to his went back to the locker room. Again, he's, he's a, he made a glass. Oh, it's over, bro. The Warriors aren't winning. Nah, that's crazy. All right. Um, sorry. Really quick. I I don't know. I know 190 yards and one touchdown is crazy. Like I said, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. But at the same time, like even if it's harder, like to look at the stats and say who the better, like the quarterback. You know the quarterback's always favored. You know what I mean? Like I, that's why I said it. Like 312 and three and and. And three touchdowns and and um, sixty nine percent, sixty nine percent. You just can't deny that. Like you can't. In my eyes, you just can't see. Like even if you do have one hundred ninety yards and two and a touchdown, that's always gonna be better, in my opinion. Like that quarterback stat's always gonna be better than uh than that running stat. In my like, it's just you just can't deny that right there. That's just that's just hardcore. That's just cold numbers. But hey, man. Either way, I respect it because I I think Rashad Penny did amazing this week too. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, you heard our final go to the weeks of the regular season of the NBA. We will be doing it for the playoffs, but um, what me and Eric do, we do like a little spreadsheet of counting the points of these players. You guys heard about it by now. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Actually, for the last 18 weeks. We yeah. Think. But other than that, um, yeah, we, we uh, added their points up and valued their goats of the week, and we came up with an overall MVP Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, all that other awards that NBA likes to give, and we put them basically based off of our top, our, our top one, two, three, four, five guys, basically. But without further ado, Eric, with our regular season coming to an end, we have our MVPs and announced, and uh, we will be doing one for the playoffs. But Eric, if you don't mind, I'm gonna do my top ten. All right, man. Oh my God, I'm nervous. At number ten, I got technically. Wait, hold up. These are technically your. Top ten players in the league, technically, by stats. In terms of yeah, in terms of stats, yes. At number ten, I have Joey Bad Bones Burrow with twenty three points and two goats of the week. At number nine, I have Justin Herbert with twenty six points. Number eight, I have Aaron Rodgers with twenty nine points and one goat of the week. At number seven, I have Debo Samuel with thirty points. Uh, at number six, I have Dak Prescott. He jumped into the top ten uh, with thirty points and one goat of the week. At number five, I have Josh Allen with 32 points and one go to the week. At number four, somehow this man is up here. Thirty Derrick Henry with 32 points and two goes to the week. <laughs> at number three, I got Matthew Stafford with 41 points. At number two, and ladies and gentlemen, these, these next one and two are two points apart. Literally. Oh, my gosh. Number two, I have TJ Watt with 41 points and two goes to the week. And for your MVP, my MVP of – apparently, based off of stats in the NFL of this year, is, in fact, Tom Brady with 43 points in one go to the week. He won it by two points. Wow. Wow. As my, I defensive play, my defensive player of the year is, in fact, TJ Watt, obviously. And my offensive player of the year is, in fact, Debo Samuel. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, and give me, give, me the other, give, me, give me the other awards, too. Give me the other awards, too. What, uh, the Rookie of the Year? Yeah, Rookie of the Year. Go ahead. Rookie of the Year, I have 
Ooh, I have Jamar Chase. What position is he in? Because I know he was in top 10. Uh, he was 15. Okay, okay. With 16 points. And then defensive – I was offensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year, I believe I had Mark Michael Parsons. I don't know where he is. The list has 107 people on it. <laughs> yeah. My list, my, yeah. List had, my list had 101. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had, he's at 95th, Michael Parsons. All right. Okay, okay. For me, I, I don't even know if Michael Parsons is on my list. Let me read with you. But I think we all know Michael Parsons is going to win that award. But Wait, okay, defensive rookie of the year, yeah. Defensive rookie of the year, like he definitely has that locked in. But <laughs> all right, here we go, man. At number ten, jumping into making a late, late top ten appearance, we have Dak Prescott with twenty-seven points and one goal of the week. This week, jumped him into into number ten, man. At number nine, we got uh, Joe Burrow, twenty-seven points, one goal of the week, whatever. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> What's he going? At nine, we got Josh Allen with 29 points in one goal of the week. At eight, no, no, no. At eight, we have seven. Josh Allen with 29 yeah. points in one goal of the week. Yeah. At seven, somehow, still, within just using at least five, four to five weeks in the NFL, I would think. Derrick Henry's at number seven with 30 points and two goals of the week. <laughs> um, t- if Derrick Henry played the entire season, he'd easily be... The best, he easily be MVP. I don't care what anyone says. I think Derek Henry would easily have it. But nonetheless, we move on. At number six, to round out the 10 through six, we have TJ Watt with 34 points. That's all. All right, top five. Here we go. At number five, Justin Herbert, 36 points in one go of the week, man. At number four, finishing fourth in my MVP standings. Aaron Rodgers, 37 points, one goal of the week. At number three, finishing in the third place position, we got Matthew Stafford with 36 <laughs> points and one goal of the week, man. He cho- He had such a great imbe- start off well in the beginning of the season, choked the rest of the season away. Literally choked the rest of the season away. It was insane, right? At number two, the runner-up for MVP this year, is the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, with 41 points and two goats of the week. Oh, my gosh. Only one of two people in this year to get two goats of the week, man. I had Derrick Henry and him. But he, even though he had two goats of the week, he still did not win MVP, ladies and gentlemen. My MVP of this year at number one is the Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Tom Brady. With 42 points and one go to the week, man. Tom Brady just edged it out with this week at, at, to finish it off, man. So, congratulations, man. Tom Brady. He's, he's won MVP this year, man. He has to. I think so. I think he will. But and, and, and if, if we had to do this based off of, like, not this, like, not our go to the week, who I really think this season is, mm-hmm. MVP, I have to go with either Tom Brady so I think our things are accurate with that. Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, those two. I think those two are making great runs. So I think our lists are very accurate in a sense. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. I I think Aaron Rodgers still has a has a really good chance of winning it. But um yeah, man. Tom Brady ended up coming out on top. This is like the first finished list of this. So like it's pretty accurate, I would say. If Tom Brady wins, you could say that our lists are accurate and this and this method does work in a sense. You know? It does. It does. Uh, who's your defensive player of the year? 
Um, TJ Watt, it's no doubt. If he doesn't win it, it's highway robbery. That's all I'm going to say. It's highway robbery. What about your offensive player of the year? Technically, technically, it's the next player down. And if that's the case, it's Patrick Mahomes, which I don't agree with, to be honest with you. Right? But overall, if we're gonna if we're gonna say like say if it wasn't a quarterback, like offensive player of the year, mm-hmm. it, it either it'd probably end up being probably Cooper Cup if it wasn't a quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, those would be the first guys up for my offensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh and uh rookie the offensive rookie of the year? Uh Jamar Chase, easily. He was actually number twenty. How what was he? Number twelve. You just missed out oh, really? on. T- yeah. And, and uh, defensive rookie of the year. I don't know where Michael Parsons is, but I'm just picking him. I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. So he's somewhere down. He's either not on the list, and if he's not on the list, I guarantee you there's no other rookie defender on my list. So yeah. it's like. <laughs> but all right, yeah, ladies man. and gentlemen, you heard it here first. We both got Tom Brady winning the MVP. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. Oh my gosh! If Tom Brady wins, I'll be hyped. Now I low key want Tom Brady to win just so we so, so we can come back here and just be like, this is this is what we do at DNA Takeover, man. We break down stats. No one is doing this. Nobody else in the world is doing this, ladies and gentlemen. If Tom Brady wins MVP, just know that we 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 called it out. Just know that. <laughs> I mean, I'm stuck between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, man. But either way, um. I think that's it, man. I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. I think we'll close out the show right now. What do you think? Yes, sir. Great show, my guy. Uh, yeah, of course. But I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening out there. We appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. And don't forget, also, if you're new here, please follow us on the Stereo app and subscribe to the show so that we can uh, you get notifications when we go live. And also, we can expand our family to many other people on this platform. And also, if you're listening on other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast, the Stereo app is where we do our live shows. So if you want to if you want to interact with us, give us audio messages, yeah, just be there on our live shows. Everything you listen to here is edited down and put onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all those other podcasts. So please follow us on that and review our podcast on those things as well. But um, other than that, we do have an Instagram. It is official underscore DE underscore takeover. I'll say it again, official underscore DE underscore takeover. And uh, that's just gets updates on when we go live, interact with us, DM us, interact with our stories. Uh, we have a couple of posts up right now, um, and uh, so yeah, just li- like it overall. But um, other than that, if you want to get to know your co-host of the show, me and Eric, on a little bit more personal level, you can follow my Instagram. It is David underscore Rod underscore O two, and Eric's is Eric underscore Hein sixteen. Beautiful. So please give us a follow, and also we do have a YouTube channel. It's called DNE Takeover, all caps, please, and um, please subscribe to that. And we do have a video that was just posted yesterday at five p.m. So please like and comment on that video and uh it was actually our first vlog on dnd takeover which was very fun to do and it was, it was basically a uh, uh, nba experience so eric went to the barclay center to watch the game and i stayed at home to watch it and we basically just compared our two uh our two uh to- our two different times that we had but uh please like and comment on that video and we do have two other videos on that as well the soccer challenge and the basketball one you want challenge so after you're done with the vlog uh, the vlog video, please check those two out and like and comment on those. But please subscribe to DNA Takeover. And without further ado, uh, please tune in on Monday. Check the Instagram for the time. And ladies and gentlemen, 
We got an exciting one because we got a quote of the week, which is always fire. We got our predictions, which are coming close. And uh, we got a big deal, not a big deal. And most importantly, we got our NBA Goats of the Week. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that caps off another great episode, man. Um, Thank you for everyone that popped out tonight, man. We truly appreciate you guys. Um, And we thank you for support, as always. And um, without further ado, it's been your boy, Easy Eric Hines. And your boy, the Oracle, D-Rod. And we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you.